Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, grumpy. How are you this evening? Okay. How about you? Uh, we are running a little late. Um, I, I'm not even gonna make excuses here. I'm we shocked. wanted to make sure <laughs> we wanted to make sure we had enough time to get all of the research done regarding possible trade rumors because the NHL trade deadline is this upcoming Monday. We're coming at you live Wednesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're a returning listener to the show, welcome back. If you're new to the show, your first time listening because you're like, oh, let me go ahead and check in to see what the Islanders could possibly do this year around the trade deadline. Number one, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube, to like on Facebook, and to follow on Twitter. We go live twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard time again to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action subscribe on youtube like on facebook follow on twitter we also go live during nhl games that the islanders play as long as it's not a west coast game and as long as it's not a thursday or a sunday game the only reason we do not go live on thursdays and sundays is because we have a secondary podcast called tj and the grumpy old man now that is just a general sports podcast we talk all things sports have a good time and shoot the shit that could be found in the link in the description below or it could be found here as a favorited channel here below on our youtube page if you want to give that a check out that is every thursday 9 p.m eastern standard time and every single sunday 8 p.m eastern standard time grumpy old man yes that's wonderful uh, you know what tj you mentioned that we're doing the NCAA basketball things. Remember that? The tournament thing? Are you having a grumpy? Are you dying almost on me? What the hell is that, grumpy? What is what? You're having a tough time articulating what you want to talk no, about? No, the, the men's tournament challenge on ESPN. You mentioned it yesterday. You pumped it up the whole live stream. Yes. You didn't mention it today. I tried to get into it, and I can't figure out how the hell to even get into it. Are you serious? I don't know how to do it. I It says men's tournament challenge, but I don't know where to go after that. Hold on, are, are, this is not staged. Are you serious right now? Are I'm you serious, serious right, right now, now Grump? Oh god! Yeah. Okay. I bet you I'm not the only one having problems with it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Let me go ahead and show you. I'll put up the. I'll show you how to get here. So, Grumpy, the first thing that needs to be done in order for you to go ahead and get into this NCAA tournament. Yes, you're correct. We are having just a fun. It's no. 
no money involved. We're just having a fun get together where we're going to go ahead. And if you're putting together an NCAA tournament bracket, all right, you can enter and submit one here as part of the Islanders Never Say Die community there are part of TJ and the Grumpy Old Man's community. Yes, all you have to do in order to do that is have, first off, an ESPN account. And then what you're going to do, Grumpy, you're going to go and you should be able to see my screen now. I'll add this up so you're able to see. You go to ESPN, right? You'll log in the top right portion. You're going to go create TC, that big button there. That's for the tournament right there, tournament challenge. And it says groups. Groups. And you're going to type in TJ Ampersand, the grumpy old man. The only reason I know this works, Grumpy, is because we're starting to have some people join into the group. That's not just me. I'm TJ, 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 but you're starting to see a few other people fill into this, Grumpy. So you should be able to go ahead and submit one, and you have to go find the group and say, find group and say, I got it. Jane, the grumpy old man. I got it. I spelled the name out, and I didn't use the ampersand sign. Yes, it's TJ Ampersand Sign, the grumpy old man. We'll make okay. sure to show that towards the middle of the podcast, too, just in case people want to join in. That's a little bit of a fun way to test off your basketball and NCAA knowledge and, you know, just to, to shoot the shit and have a good time. That being said, Grump, man, oh, man, this year's NHL trade done is going to be an interesting one. I, I'm not sure what my expectations were to the for the Islanders at this point, but you're starting to see some of the pieces fall already. And you look at Monson, right? We had talked about yesterday. Monson was moved. Manson, Manson, not Monson. Manson, I'm sorry. Manson was moved yesterday, the defenseman. And um, now you're looking Thomas Hurdle. Tomas Hurdle signs a huge eight-year contract extension. And you think to yourself, okay, right? What what are our plans, number one, for this year's trade deadline? And what does it look like going forward uh, in the offseason? People were saying, okay, would we target a guy like T Tomas Hurdle this year in NHL free agency? Would he be enough to help put us over the edge? And we were opining on that. Well, with the new eight-year contract he signed, he is no option for us. Yeah, um, I'm expecting disillusionment and disappointment. That's what I'm expecting. The closer we get... And I see us performing like we did the last two years. I just see them just rolling the same cast and crew out again next year. Say, we don't need any changes. Let's see if we can deal this year's lottery pick for some other ham and egg that we're going to overpay on a re-sign. I'm just, I, I, I kind of, you know, like you go through the stages of depression. Mm -hmm. I'm there right now. I'm almost in the acceptance stage. I, I don't know. And people were opining, okay, it looks like perhaps uh, Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo might want to try to roll something out here, like the same exact team we see out here currently, try to re-roll that out next year. And I'm like, ooh, yikes, if that is the case. I know we have played better as of late. And to be honest with you, and I said this on air during one of the live streams, and I'll say this again um, in the podcast, if we played the way that we have been playing over the last five or six games all season long, we'd probably be in a playoff spot right now. Yes. I think that's safe to say. Or even if you weren't in a playoff spot, you'd be a few points out of the playoff picture. It wouldn't be like we're in a situation where we're 20 or 19 points out of the playoff spot like we are currently. And <laughs> I, I'm just not sure we can compete at the level we've put forth the last five or six games over an 82 game stretch with the way the team is currently constituted. Just it's not sustainable. I don't believe. 
And um, I think there are changes that have to be made at the NHL trade deadline. I think you have to sell off pieces. You have to look to retool and change the face of the team. Let me put you like this. Grump and I said, what would you be happy about regarding trades? You know, the amount of trades and who you would lose at this year's NHL trade deadline. Grumpy old man is thought is a little different than mine on this one. That's true. Mine's a little bit different. I wanted oh. you to say what you what oh, you. I thought I thought you were going to say how we were different. I wanted to figure to let you speak a bit here. Oh, okay, that's okay. Um, I guess I feel more like here's here's the way I look at it. Okay, even if this team stays together, let's say they keep it all back to the and we play like we are right now. Is this team good enough to compete for a Stanley Cup? Is this team good enough to beat the Carolinas, the Tampas, the Floridas? For me, the answer is no. And therefore, you have to make changes. And if you're going to make changes, you have to not just mortgage off or not just sell off guys who are bottom six defensemen or fourth liners or third liners. You're going to have to move some pieces that was it might hurt you a little bit to make the team better in the long run. That's where I suggest, you know, potentially who has the greatest value of someone we can move. That is someone not under like a long-term no trade contract. Are you, you sound like I asked you to get, I was looking for simple. What, what did you want to move at this year's NHL trade deadline? Well, I'm explaining it. It I'm sounds like you, you've got like a word quarter you have to fit in. You, It's weird. I guess this is what it sounds like when I pontificate. I've never heard you pontificate like that, Grump, and it sounded like you were trying to draw something out. Well, you cut me off right as I was going to the names. I like to explain it so everyone knows up front my thinking on it. I just don't blurt things out and without letting people know why. That's so exactly what you do all the I time. have suggested that we move Brock Nelson. No, 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 no. I asked you, this is why I didn't want to let you go on too long. I said, we have different thoughts of what we think, think the Islanders are going to do. What would be a successful day? Oh, going I was trying to, to get you. I was trying to get you to talk about how you only think we're going to trade at best three players off this team. That's oh, what okay. I wanted you to get at. And then you could say what you wanted to have happen. I wasn't paying attention to you. Honestly. I know you I, weren't when I, when I had stopped. I thought, I thought you said we have different views on. On what, what the Islander no, on what the Islanders will do is okay. if I misspoke, I apologize, but what the, the Islanders closer, the closer we get to the deadline, the less confident I am that the Islanders are gonna move any more than one, maybe two pieces. That's it. That's 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 my feeling. The closer we get, you know, when you hear things like from numerous sources, well, before they trade any guys like Carice or Chara or Green or any of the plethora of aged veterans, we're going to run it by them first. I'm sorry. Why would they want to leave here? So Dano Chari gets 20 minutes a night being a top four defenseman. He's not getting that anywhere else. Why would he want to leave here? Zach Parise, why would he want to leave here? He plays on the first line. Gets penalty kill, power plays like the glory days in Minnesota and New Jersey. It's not going to get that anywhere else. Why would they want to move? Why would they want to leave? So that's why, I mean, to me, that's why I feel that we're not going to make hardly any moves. Maybe a Clutterbuck, maybe, and maybe a Varlamov. That's it. I could see us moving just one guy. Wow. So you think that, again, uh, restate that one more time. 
Because that's, I mean, that's you. I mean, I, I think that's way off of what I'm expecting the Islanders to do, but I feel like this could be just like every year in the offseason. This could be just like every year at the trade deadline. I go in with expectations of this is what the team should do. And just like this year, I'm going in with expectations of these are the players the team should sell. And I, I think that we should sell. And I think you think we should sell a lot more, but at least I'm optimistic that the team will sell more pieces again. Just to restate, you think only Cal Clutterbuck and who else may be sold? Maybe Varlamov. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Uh, like I said, I think Lou Lamarillo would be happy to roll everybody back next year. Mm. I really think they would be. They don't want to, they don't want to rebuild this team. He's what 183 years old. Trotz looks like he's weighing 450 pounds this year. I don't know what's going on with him, but I don't think they want to change anything. Fat, dumb, and happy is exactly how he's coached this year. Oh. Wow. I, I, I'm a little bit different. I think that I'm not sure now. The longer, again, it gets and the closer it gets to the trade deadline, the more I'm worried that we're not going to move as many pieces as we should. I think that the bare minimum, I'm talking bare minimum of players that should be moved off of this team, Cal Clutterbuck, Zach Parise, Zdeno Chara, absolute bare minimum. And now when I hear items like, Maybe the Islanders are thinking about re-signing back Zach Parise. Should we not trade him at this year's trade deadline because he's so crucial to the team's success? We cannot afford the the uh, the possibility not to have him in the lineup next year. I just kind of get left scratching my head. I know he's played well this year. You're in a situation where you have to start acquiring as much draft capital as humanly possible. Simple as it is. And um, oh, he's, yeah, for me, he's an unrestricted free agent. It doesn't matter anyway. Even if you trade him somewhere, if he liked it here that much, you could re-sign him. But what kind of contract would you give Zach Parise? I'd give him the same thing I gave him this year, 750K. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. You're going to get a lot of playing time here. He knows it. It's a veteran-laden team with a coach who loves to play veterans. He's going to play here. He's made money in his career. I'm sure he doesn't need the money uh, like some other players do. I mean – that's that, that's the way I look at it. But here's the thing, right? Volomov has to move. If you're going to move him, you have to move him now. I don't think you can wait till the off season. And 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 again, you're seeing a lot of these teams that are very hungry for goaltenders are coming forth to the table. You look at the Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, you know Jack Campbell has not been good in his last five starts. You know he's got a, a save percentage in the eights. Is the goals against average is more than four. Hasn't played well as of lately. There's no mystery to that, and he's out for at least two plus weeks. So you think to yourself, okay, uh, yeah, Toronto needs a goaltender. You think out there, and I love how even the athletics article they say they still even link. Oh well, how about if uh, Varlamov can get moved to Edmonton? And from what we understand, per James Nichols, that uh, Edmonton is on one of those teams he is not wanting to go to. So uh, you know, I think there's only a handful of teams that would look for a goalie, and all of them have goaltending issues. Again, we've said it before. Mark Andre Fleury is the number one goalie on the market this trade deadline. And until you see him moved, you really won't know what the value of a guy like Varlamov will get back in return. We're going to find out. I just, I just don't feel comfortable with where we are right now. The, the closer you get to the deadline, the less possibility that you're going to move four or five pieces.
And that's, and I'm that's talking what, about, I'm talking about the Andy Greens, the Chars. I'm not even talking the big names that I want to move that, that will actually give the chance, the team a chance to improve in the future. I'm not even talking about those guys. I'm talking about your guys who are unrestricted free agents at the end of the year, Green, Chara, Clutterbuck, um, um, whoever, Parise, guys like that. I just, I just don't feel like we're going to move maybe one guy, maybe one, two tops. The closer you get, you're trying to tell me that Lou has all these irons in the fire because he's doing 4D chess and everyone else is playing in the dirt with sticks, right? No, I'm sorry. You have to execute trades a little bit at a time. Don't tell me, hey, we're going to, hey, uh, Toronto, hey, Colorado, hey, Tampa. We have these trades in place, but we're not going to announce them till two minutes after four o'clock on Monday <laughs> afternoon. That's not the way it works. Oh, man. I, I, tell you, <laughs> I I do worry and again because we'd said I don't think Andy Green is going to be traded. They said as stupid as this may sound, they said that if a player wishes to stay here, if he's on an expiring contract, we're going to let him stay here. If the vet wants to do that, sorry, man, it's business. You know my opinion on that beforehand. You're not going to get a lot for a guy like Andy Green, but a team would need a seventh defenseman. You can get yourself a sixth or a seventh round pick for moving a guy like Andy Green. You're in a situation where you just have to accrue as many draft picks as humanly possible. Given, you know, your your Anders Lees don't come around all that often, your Jared Spurgeons don't come around that often, but it's at least worth taking a role that you can get an option and a player who can play NHL minutes in a sixth or fifth or seventh round selection. Um, but I don't think we're going to trade Andy Green. I've seen names being thrown out there. Oh, are we going to be able to move a guy like Josh Bailey? I, I, I think that if you do move Varlamov, now's the time to do so. I agree with you. There's a lot of teams that are having goalie issues and goalie struggles. And if you, depending on what his no trade, his modified no trade clause or the no trade teams look like, you, I think you can get a nice haul back in return for Varlamov, who, albeit, has not had a stellar season, but he's had a, he's had a middle of the road average season, a solid starter in the NHL. I think you can get a nice return back for him. And what are they going to do with Scott Mayfield? We've been talking about that for two and a half months. He's a guy who has an unbelievable amount of value because he's a stay-at-home defenseman, playoff caliber player, and now you're in a situation where you get him on the cheap for this year for the playoff push, and you go ahead and get him next year at $1.45 million, and he'll be a top-four defenseman for it. You're going to get something back in return. He's going to want to get paid. Are we going to move Scott Mayfield, or are we going to say, nope, we still think we can win a cup? That's why we're not trading Mayfield. That's why we're not trading Parise because we're going to sign him back. That's why we're not trading Wade Varlamov because he needs to be part of the team and solution. We like the 1A, 1B tandem we have. Or are we just going to say we can roll the same shit out here next year with an addition via free agency and expect a different result next year? Who are you going to be able to sign in free agency? If you keep all the same guys as this year, you don't have the cap space next year. Just don't. Don't have it. I mean – I. I'm sorry. It, it, to me, if you want to roll out the same cast and crew as this year, as last year, as the year before, as the year before that, just expect diminishing returns because that's what you've been getting over the last three years, just diminishing returns. Look at the points we had in the regular season from year to year, 103, whatever we were the second year, whatever we were last year, and this year we're not even going to make the playoffs. It's diminishing returns, right? Because everyone's older every single year. 
We're not getting better. We're getting older, slower, and worse. If you watched that Washington game last night, if you didn't come away saying, my God, we don't match up with Washington. I know the score was four to three in shootout, but who deserved to win that game? If you just watch it, who was the better team last night? For me, it was Washington. It was one of those statements you made, which was a it was a typical grumpy statement where I think you're just making stuff up, but that's fine. It's somewhat it's somewhat comparable for those who are going to try to fact check you. The last four years, right? Originally, Trots took over. We made the playoffs. You're looking at the point percentage, sixty two or you know about sixty two point eight percent all points. The year after, about fifty eight point eight percent, sixty three point four percent last year, and about five hundred percent of all available points this year. Okay. Last year was an aberration. All we played was teams in our division. And think about how many crappy teams we had. We wound up coming in fourth in our division. Fourth. We played Buffalo eight times, and we played the Devils. The Devils and the Rangers and Philadelphia. They were three, four abominable teams. Okay? That's the only reason our winning percentage was that high. But think about where we were with, what, a month to go. We were, like, tied for first place. We wound up coming in fourth. Because we sputtered out at the end. I mean, the first year was a, a totally a success with Barry Trotz and the total success. But we're going downhill. Those are just facts. Oh. This year, are we going to be a 500 team? We're not. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to be below 500. Why? Because I look at the end, the end of the season schedule. That's why. I hope you're right. <laughs> Well, I'm not rooting for us to do poorly. I'm, I'm rooting for us. Here's the thing. Are we making the playoffs? The answer to that question no. is uh, undeniably no. And if you're not making the playoffs, what's the point? I could care less if we finish ninth in the division. It's not like a feather in my cap of bragging rights. We finished ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're that good. So I can talk shit to my Columbus fans, I, I, Columbus friends. I, I could care less. I can care less if we're the very worst team in the division. If you're not making the playoffs, simple as that, you're not making the playoffs. It's all about, hey, how can we improve our draft position? If and you're that's not first, question. you're last. How's that go, Grump? If, if you're not first, you're last. If you ain't first, you're last. Oh, there it is, Grump. There it is. Um, But... I, I, I hope that we finish with a losing record this year. I mean, you need to hope you need to make sure that you've got a premium opportunity to get a legitimate, a legitimate top six winger here in this year's NHL draft. Honestly, best player available. So I'll be interested to see again where where the where the things lie. But I, but as how we do we approach the draft? How do we approach the draft? Are we looking? for the most skilled and talented player, or are we looking, hey, let's get ourselves one of these grinder types who, you know, really low ceiling, really low ceiling, but a higher floor. You know, guys, hey, he could play a bottom six role in the NHL. Not when you're picking in the top 10. You should be rolling the dice. I'm sorry. You need to roll the dice on this team. We don't have any talent at the lower levels. You need talent. And to me, it has to be a scorer. That's what we need. Someone who can juice up the offense. I feel confident we can get defensemen to play in this system. It's the offense is where we struggle. I agree with that. I I, I don't think you're ever going to get anybody who's a forward to sign up and be excited. 
about playing under Barry Trotz unless they have a prior existing relationship and oh you know Barry you know I I played for Barry at XYZ and love my time with them I love this no nonsense mentality unless you have somebody who has like a sentimental feeling or likes them as a person and has had prior experience I think on the outside looking in it's tough to convince somebody to do that agreed I had a drink is that okay TJ I love the faces you look like if, if I'm not like your little training dog, I look. I look at. I look how it's always the great. First off, it's always the great drink, and it's always in these little plastic bottles. Grumpy, let me ask you something. Well, I don't understand why you don't get yourself just a reusable, a usable one. Grumpy, why don't you, you just yourself? dump your jug all over the floor again so your <laughs> wife can yell and scream at you after the podcast? That's always fun for me. That never happened. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. After the pod, no, it did happen once before podcasts or right at the start. And I think you could see Paige's head in the bottom of one of the frames. But Grump, are you always, I just, every single time it's always a little plastic. What type of water brand is I'll it? I'll explain Grump? it to you because I take the little drink mixes and they fit into one of these bottles just perfectly. And that's what I drink it out of. So you think I should prep it in a bottle, pour it into some 45 gallon jug and just chug it during showtime like you do? No. no, Grump, it's okay if it's not perfect measurement. It's okay if it's a little diluted or a tiny bit a little sweeter. You, you drink just... your crap the way you drink it. I'll drink the way I drink it. I'm a little bit more sophisticated than you are. That's all I have to say. I'm like, glug, 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 like you. <laughs> just dumping a barrel of water on your face all over the place. I'm not like you. Like maybe that. it's because you always have to cap and uncap that it takes so long. But when you get to this talent level, Grumpy, there's no cap required. So I could just. Take I heard that you can't even get the cap on your thing anymore because you dropped it as usual and damaged the container. Is that correct? That was a while ago. I have my cap now, but we're losing. We're losing. We're getting. We're getting stuck, Grumpy. We no need to continue to hammer on these points. You're the one. We need to get back to talking Islanders hockey. Okay, I'm just saying. You're the one who looks at me like like a dog who needs to be hit with a rolled up newspaper. If I'm not instantaneously ready to reply to you. You drink so slow. I think maybe that's why I give you that look. It takes you so long to take a little sip of water. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't want to continue. We had a few trade ideas that were thrown out there. There's trade. There's trade ideology being thrown out there by every every which website that writes. And this is fantastic time for them. They're going to get a whole bunch of clicks. They could throw anything out there. And shockingly enough, Grumpy. There was a trade where I feel like every single every single sports writer that talks about the Islanders or every single blog, I'll say blogger, every blogger that writes about the Islanders always throws in there, how can we make a trade for Connor McDavid? How can we make a trade for the best player on the on the planet right now? Okay. And shockingly enough, in the athletic, they had one that was listed under fantasy okay. land that that involved Connor McDavid. Okay, but these are these were fans sending in trade suggestions to Kevin Kurtz. That's how the article – That's he. here's the thing. Kevin Kurtz did it this way. You send me the trade idea, and I'll comment on it. So he didn't do the work, and I don't blame him. I mean, it's gotten more fun this way, honestly. You see some idiotic trade suggestions, and you just see how people overvalue some of the assets on this team, uh, which I've always said. Every, everyone thinks that their players are like the greatest players in the world where everyone else has junk on their team. So, you know, that's 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 the way fans are. I'm not, but most people are. 
Yes. So let's start talking about a few of those. Now, did you happen to see there was one that was thrown out there? Oh, the Islanders can trade for Brock Besser. That's going to help our ineptitude on the offensive side of the puck. We can trade Ryan Pulak, who has cap certainty, who's during the prime of his career as a top pairing defenseman. We could trade away Ryan Pulak for Brock Besser in a first round pick, Grumpy. What did you think of that deal? Uh, if you could get Brock Besser signed to a contract, I'm not opposed to that. I think you deal away from the position of strength if you were to do that. I understand you have to give to get. Ryan Pulak is proven. As simple as that. I, I, Ryan Pulak is a proven performer. He's a proven playoff guy. Brock Besser, his most his most dominant season was his rookie year. And ever since then, his production has stagnated. And his, his production as a player has gone, meh. Uh, it hasn't improved much. And on a guy who you have so many weapons in Vancouver, you you have that offensive-minded minded system as well, and you're not putting up video game-esque numbers, your numbers are going to decrease when you come to the Islanders. As simple as that. And you want to go ahead and suggest, or that's, that's originally, I guess, what the fans suggested, Ryan Pulak, who's fantastic, for Brock Besser in a first. I'm just like, no, no freaking way. Has Ryan Pulak played fantastic this year? I think he's still hurt. Okay, but the question is, has he played fantastic this year? No. No. He's making $5.5 million a year, whatever it is. That's what Besser makes now, okay? Besser has to be re-signed. He's, an un- he's a restricted free agent, I believe, at the end of this year. So I think I think he's pretty good, actually. I think he's a pretty good player who just needs a change of scenery. That being said... Then you get a first-round pick also. You have to deal from a position of strength. No one's saying you're going to give up Josh Bailey to get Brock Besser. You're just going to have to give it up. I mean, that also opens up the fact that I want Pellick to play with Dobson. Top-pairing defensemen do not get moved, and if they do, they get paid an arm and a leg. Again, Ryan Pulak is not a not an of the ilk of a guy like a Dougie Hamilton or somebody like that, right? He's not he's not an Alex Petrangelo. Um, he's not one of those type of players. The guy's a, he's a bona fide top four defenseman on our team. He's a top pairing guy. He's a guy who's very solid. He's a guy with a lot of playoff experience. And you said, how has he played this year? Hasn't played great. I think he's still injured and banged up. I think he has been looking better as of recent, but there are moments where I'm just like, yikes, Pulak. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yeah, that's a trade that has to be made. But I've seen a lot worse trade proposals than that. I'm not opposed to trying trading Ryan Pulak if you can get really good value for him. I'm just not. Because on this team, he should not be the top-pairing defenseman, regardless of the fact that he is right now. Noah Dobson is a better defenseman than Ryan Pulak. Well, what's wrong, with, what's wrong with having Ryan Pulak as your second? That's your second-pairing guy. As a $5 million, and he's going to be locked up through the prime of his career as the cap continues to increase, right? That's a contract. We talk about contracts that age poorly and contracts that look like fi- like fine wine. That's a contract you're going to look at uh, like it has fine wine to it. As long as, hey, this is this year is the year he's been struggling this year is more due to injury than anything else, That is that contract's going to look fantastic two, three, four years from now. I agree. But Why would you trade that away then? Okay, I didn't say I, I would definitely do it, but if someone made me an offer where I'm getting a real stud offensive player and a high-level pick, absolutely I'm considering that. Why? We have maybe maybe two 
maybe three guys on our whole offense who are worth a damn. Everybody else, you can throw them in, in the dumpster. Every single one. Just not that good. Easily replaceable. We need more high-end talent on the offensive side of the puck. We just do. We're Rock. capable. And I'm not saying that losing Ryan Pulak would hurt us. I'm not saying that it would not hurt us. Not saying that. But if you want to make the team better and if you want to consider really jump-starting the organization and turning into more of a 21st century offense, you're going to have to trade somebody to get that talent. I bet there was a lot of people back in the day who said, how can we trade Dave Lewis and Billy Harris, our first draft pick ever, for Butch Goring? He's just a second-line center. Dave Lewis is a rock on the defensive end. He's a second-pairing uh, guy. He's phenomenal. Billy Harris, Harris is a really good wing. Plays on our second line for a second line center. Man, that's way too much to give to give up. No, sometimes you need to do something like that to mix it up a little bit. That's all I'm saying. You and I like Ryan Pulak. You value Brock Besser way more than I do. From a guy, again, his best year was his first year in the NHL. 29 goals. He's never hit the 30 goal plateau. Ever. He's been banged up too in the past. I sorry, you're not gonna get me to pay for a guy like that who's he's 25 years old, who's had injuries a little bit here and there, a guy who's never really passed over the 30 goal plateau. You're not gonna get me to bite on something like that. I, I would be opposed to moving a guy like Ryan Pulak. We talk about players I'd be and you're gonna get weird calls around this time period. Teams that are looking to improve, teams that are looking to set themselves up for the future. Ryan Pulak is one of those one of those guys where unless the offer is unbelievable, I I'm right now siding on the 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 I'm right now earing on the side of no. I I want to probably deny any one of those type of trades. It have to be an unholy amount. Okay. It have to be where I'm getting a king's ransom for him in order to move a guy like Ryan Pulak. Okay, that's fine. I'm not even saying it has to be Brock Besser. I'm just saying someone who's a high end offensive talent. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you give Ryan Pulak away for pennies on the dollar. I'm not saying that. But sometimes, is who's who's your top two defensemen on this team? Top two. Who are they? I'm going to say Noah Dobson probably is up there. I'm going to say, here's the thing. I think we got a top three. Noah Dobson, Adam Pellick, and Ryan Pulak are heads over heels. Those are the best three defensemen we have. Okay. Scott Mayfield is a, is a close. Or I, I put Scott Mayfield is in a tier below, a slight tier below. And then the rest is just, I mean, utter trash between Char and Green. Okay. What I'm saying is your top two defensemen are Pellick and Dobson. I don't think it's even close, honestly. Pulak is third, but he's third. It's not like, well, you know what? Maybe he's close to number. No, no. It's Dobson, Pelak, Pelik, and Pulak. That's the order I go in. Mm. Just because Dobson is the total package, Pelik is a lockdown defensive guy, and Pulak is pretty good all around. Okay, let's 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 move on a little bit from this, Grump, because we don't need to hammer the hell out of this one hypothetical trade okay. on Ryan Pulak. Let's talk about items that are a little bit more realistic. Josh Bailey, I think he's <laughs> he's the fantasy of a lot of fans to move a guy like him um, this year at the trade deadline. Um, now, let me ask you this: Are you still in favor of thinking we'd have to give up 
assets to get rid of Josh Bailey, or do you think he's got enough value on his own to warrant some sort of return? And here's the thing. I think we're splitting hairs over it because if you're able to get a third-round pick for Cal Clutterbuck and you're able to use the third-round pick you get for Cal Clutterbuck to ship off Josh Bailey, I think that's a plus. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Get rid of it. I don't need to see Bailey anymore. Free up some cap space. Free up a top six spot here for additional wingers that we've got. And then go ahead and and uh, and use that draft capital to get rid of the bad contract. That's fine by my point. I absolutely look to move Josh Bailey. His play the last week, uh, maybe teams are looking at it and say, hey, Josh Bailey is getting in playoff form. Hey, let's make a trade for Josh Bailey. He only gets paid $3.5 million for the next two years. Actual money, right? So I feel he is movable. I think maybe you could get a fourth-round pick back for him, potentially. Am I opposed to trading him to Arizona? If you trade him to Arizona, they need to get to the cap floor every year. I think you want to be proactive on that. You don't want to wait till the offseason because everyone's going to – Arizona's saying, hey, we're willing to take on salary over here. We'll take on salary. What else does that mean? Everyone is going to be in the offseason trying to dump salary to Arizona's way. You want to be first in that boat. You want to be first, not last. If you move him, let's say, and like I said, they have to get to the cap floor, have to. Maybe they give you a fourth or a fifth round pick for him. I'd move him. I think you can actually get something for him now as opposed to having to give something for somebody to take him. Thank you. That's what I was looking for. It took a long approach to it. I wanted to hear what your thought was. Okay, gotcha. You think we still can go ahead and get some sort of return for a guy like Josh Bailey? You don't think we're going to have to trade away pieces to get rid of Josh Bailey's contract? Right. Certainly not the way he's playing now. He's showing that he has some value. Mm. Maybe teams will forget the first 55 games of the year. Hmm. I don't think they're going to do that. And, you know, I don't think the last, you know, week, week and a half is going to be enough to say, oh, yeah, this guy's lighting it up. He's on fire. I mean, maybe a few more games, but uh, unfortunately, he just turned it on two or three weeks too late. Because if you're doing this for the better half of a month, it's a little different. I think you can make a little bit more of an argument, but now not so much. Um, I mean, it's like a dead cat bounce. Anyway, that being said, right, we saw what it's going to take for a guy like Bailey um, Varlamov. Now, let me ask you this. What do you think Varlamov is going to get back in return? I've seen a lot of people saying, hey, we need to get a first round pick back in return to Varlamov. I had mentioned earlier on that Toronto obviously is a team that if we can move them to, to there, that'd be fantastic as long as that's not as part of the, the no trade list there. Um, maybe the Minnesota Wild. They have goaltending woes, so maybe the Wild could be an option. Um, Want to get your thoughts on that, Grump? I'm thinking second-round pick. I don't think he's going to get your first. I think a second-round pick. Maybe that's not enough for Lou Lamarillo to trade him. I would. You can't have a $5 million backup goaltender on your team. Move him. Free up some salary cap space. I'm sure there's a lot of fourth-liners that want to play for the Islanders who are over the age of 30. So we can accommodate them too. Who knows? But for me, I think second round pick is probably the match you're going to get, maybe a second and a fourth. I just don't think you're going to get a first. I don't think he's been that good this year. I thought he was good last night. 
I thought he was good against Colorado. But over the course of the whole season, he's not been great. He's just been okay. And I think that hurts him. Once again, do you want to set the market or do you want to wait for Marc-Andre Fleury to see if someone's going to trade for him first? Those are questions you have to ask yourself. Hey, all I'm going to say here is this. A second and a fourth. I I wouldn't say no to it, obviously. I would, ideally, I'd like a Here's the thing. You're probably going to have to take a goalie back in return, and whether that's a guy on an expiring deal or a guy that has term still left. And, and, and that's the thing, right? If you're getting a guy where you're saying, I can take off of it, and, and I'm using this as an example, Peter Morazic, he still has got term left, and somebody threw out the idea, oh, maybe we could trade for a guy like Peter Morazic. We'll get him back in return. We'll give away Varlamov. Morazic still has two years left on his contract. I don't think it's going to be any, any team you're going to be trading Varlamov to. It's not going to be as simple as apples to apple or apples to picks. It's not going to be like, I'm trading you Varlamov, you're giving me a pick, and that's all that's being done. We're going to have to take a backup goalie in some capacity off of their hands. And it depends on, okay, what type of contract does this backup goalie have? Because if we're now going ahead and bringing in a guy like a Morazic who's got two years left after this year at $3.8 million per, shit, that's a bad, that's not a great contract based off of how he's performed this year. It's not a great contract. Well, okay, if you want to, if you want to have to take a goalie back, then it's definitely a first round pick. You you feel like right, like, and that's and that's if, le- legitimately if you're going to trade a guy like Varlamov away, right? I think we're going to have to take a goalie back in return. Who's going to be our backup? Are we just going to say, hey, we're going to trade away considerations or a small? I mean, like we're going. I feel like we're going. We're not going to throw Corey Snyder out there. We're not going to throw Jakob Skarik out there. Why not? They're not going to play a whole lot of games. What are you talking about? They play four or five games for the end of the year? You couldn't live with that in a lost season? Why not Jacob Skarik? See what he's got. Even if he's not ready, give him, give him a taste of the NHL. Here's the thing. If you have to get a goalie back, that means you should definitely be getting a first. I'm just saying what his value is without having to take auxiliary pieces back. If you got to take contracts back, his value is higher, in my opinion. Certainly higher than Peter Morazic. They're just trying to dump him. And now you got to have two more years of Peter Morazic's contract where Varlamov just has one more? No way. I'm just throwing ideas out. I don't think I don't think a team is going to be able to say, all righty, I can take on a five million dollar cap hit from Varlamov for this year and next year and not offload anything. I think they're gonna have to send some sort of a lot of teams don't have five million a cap that are playoff comp- teams that are competing for a playoff spot this year. There's not a whole bunch of those that have 5 million plus in cap space. I know Toronto doesn't have that. I, I, I got to look up the Minnesota wild situation, but I, I, I'm not sure. Grump. I don't think there's a lot of teams that have 5 million plus just laying around that they could say, all right, we could take on the Varlamov contract for this year and we'll make it work in the off season where that doesn't worry. Even if you could retain cap, that's why it's important to move off of Josh Bailey. You can retain some of Varlamov's cap and get a higher value return. I mean, if cap is an issue with certain other teams, that's not a problem because that's that's part of the bargaining game, right? Okay, yeah, I know Varlamov makes $5 million per. Let's keep half of that value. And half is the most that you can keep. Right. So let's say $2.5 million. That means you get Varlamov for another year at $2.5 million. He's going to be your starting goaltender. That's a steal. To me, that's worth a first-round draft pick. But you're going to have to offload some salary, like a Josh Bailey, for instance, at five, 
I don't I don't know how it transfers to the next team. Is it only three and a half million as his cap hit since he's got two years making? Oh no, 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 no. Unless so imagine like this. Whatever the AAV is, Josh Bailey has a five million dollar AAV. So for the remainder of this year, he would have a five million dollar cap hit against that team. In the next two years, it'd be a five million dollar cap hit. Okay. The well, team that would make him- to, for Josh Bailey, the team would only have to pay three point five million out of their pocket, but it would count five million towards the cap. So if a team, for example, you mentioned the Arizona Coyotes, if they were I'm talking about in desperate need and nobody else is willing to throw bad contracts at them. And I'm sure there are worse contracts that get paid less than a guy like Bailey. Right. They could say I can add five million of cap hit to you know uh, you know our our team right here but only have to pay 3.5 million and it makes sense as they only have you know 5000 fans in the arena that they're able to put in they're not they're not going to be turning a huge profit i would imagine the, the the league subsidizes the team it's owned by the league i know i know so they're not losing money they're not losing any money i don't care what they say uh-huh. they could roll that team out there with no fans in the stands they just use it as a tax write off stop oh, nhl oh what are our finances this year? Oh, well, we have $15 million or whatever it is, Arizona tax write-off. That's the way they look at it. But, I mean, and, that should be – but seriously, Minnesota, seriously. Really quickly, Minnesota has $2.2 million of projected cap space. So there would have to be some sort of cap. And that's where a lot of teams are. Some sort of goalie or some sort of person – some sort of player would have to come back to us in return to go ahead and get them where they're cap compliant because Varlamov again, 5 million, 5 million is at the deadline is, is a good bit. And if it's a guy who's not on an expiring contract, right, your likelihood to withhold some and, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to withhold, you know, half the cap hit. We'll take that on. It's a little less. I mean, you're, well, next year the honors would have to go ahead and have a, a you know, a dead cap penalty or, or the dead cap of 2.5 million of Varlamov and he wouldn't even be on the team. That's tough to that's tough to argue of hey, we're trying to be competitive and now we're holding off cap of of players that we're trading away. It's hard to argue that you're trying to be competitive then. It doesn't matter. You're not actually paying real dollars, first of all, and it's only half the cap hit. If you're putting yourself in a position, let's say I'm just gonna say I'm gonna use today's cap at 82 million. If you're saying to yourself, well, every team's gonna have 82 million dollars essentially to work with as a cap hit. But we're going to actually be starting out at seventy nine and a half million because we're going to withhold two and a half million of Varlamov's cap hit, so that you know now we don't have as much cap to work with. It's hard to say yes, we want to be as competitive as possible, but also saying we want to limit as much cap that we can have. You can only technically withhold, you can only hold or take a partial cap hit on three players at any one time. So that's why Arizona can't just say, uh, we'll go ahead and trade you this player XYZ and we can just withhold cap on them for every single player in the league. You only do that for three players up to a maximum of 50% of their value. Okay, but isn't that appealing to Arizona? Even if they take the full cap hit of the $5 million? They're going to struggle to get to the cap floor. They're not paying okay, any okay. real dollars. I confuse it. Let's talk about Varlamov because now I think you're on. Now you're on Josh Bailey. That's. I was just saying, right? It prevents the the way they have the rules set up. You're only allowed to do that with three players. It prevents you from trading a really bad contract. Let's say, hypothetical. Eric Carlson's contract became really bad where he was making $11 million and he's nowhere near worth that. And so the the San Jose Sharks would have to give up 
assets to get rid of Eric Carlson because his game has just dropped off so much. You cannot afford to pay him $11 million a year. They could technically trade him to the Arizona Coyotes. The Arizona Coyotes can go ahead and flip that and say, okay, we're willing to trade Eric Carlson. We're going to withhold 50% of his cap hit. And now he's worth, let's say, five and a half million. And maybe somebody finds value in a guy like Eric Carlson at five and a half million instead of 11 million. So they're able to get draft capital from San Jose when they traded for Eric Carlson. And now they can maybe get draft capital from another team by offering Eric Carlson at a cheaper price. You're only allowed to do that with three players at any one time. So it prevents you from making a whole bunch of these swaps and essentially super and uber loading up on draft picks. Who said you had to trade a guy off your team? You don't have to trade a guy off and keep cap, uh, cap, keep half the cap number on your team. You don't have to do that. I'm talking about Varlamov. I was I, I'm just, I'm saying that's the reason why they have the rule in place. And the reason that Varlamov, it's tough to say and sell your fan base and sell the organization to sell your head coach and to sell ownership. We're looking to compete. But we're going to go ahead and retain half the cap hit on Varlamov. I, I think it's a tough sell. Every other team's going to be working with, again, hypothetically this year, we're saying the $82 million of cap space. But we're going to go ahead and start off with 79 and a half because we're retaining half of Varlamov's cap hit for this year and for next year. It's not just a one-year thing. It's this year and next year. It's as long as he's under contract, you retain that cap hit. So the longer the contract is, you've got that cap hit burden every single year that that player is under contract. All right. I understand, but that doesn't mean – I just so you only have 80 – so what? Anytime I'm just you saying it's tough to argue that you want to be competitive if you're going to retain cap. Two and a half million dollars is enough to throw you throw, – you're not competitive because you have – what? Uh, because you have two and a half million dollars of already cap spent money? I don't see it that way. They're planning buy- off-season extravaganza. Yeah, that could matter. What if you have to buy somebody out? I mean, you know, I mean, a buyout, the guys are on your, uh, you're paying that year after year until the contract's up, right? We were yeah. talking about potentially buying out Andrew Ladd or or Johnny Boychuk or a whole bunch of guys we were talking about buying out. We didn't do it, but we were certainly talking about it here. But no one said, oh, gosh, if you buy out Johnny Boychuk, that means you're not trying to be competitive. I don't believe that. You're just trying to you're just trying to get it where your team has a better chance to win in the long run. That's the way I look at it. Okay, you're not. I don't think you're. The, the situations with Andrew Ladd was way different because Andrew Ladd's was. We talked about how he he was not beneficial to buyout. Sorry that we're getting off on a tangent, but I think it's. I just want to answer Grumpy's question. Okay. Andrew Ladd, we would not have received enough of a a release there. Even if we bought him out, we would still have to pay pretty much almost the exact same value of his he was with the organization. So it didn't make sense to buy him out. Some contracts are worked into the way where if you bought a guy out, you'll have to pay less and you could spread it out over a few years. It wasn't like that with Ladd's, the way Ladd's contract was structured. Okay, but you realize that we're fourteen million dollars under the cap for next year. I mean, and, and we who do we have to sign this offseason? Really? No adoption. That's it. And free agents. You're I mean no here's one's coming here. When when was the last we've never signed a free agent that's, here? That's, here's the thing. Let's say we have fourteen million in projected cap space. We use, let's say, 
very conservative estimate. We go ahead and bridge deal Noah Dobson for a three year contract and he gets three and a half million per or four million per whatever it is. Right. Let's just say worst case scenario, you've got 10 million of available cap you can play around with. Well, we've always said we wanted to add a piece, a top six forward. And we've always said that we needed to go ahead and bloister up the defense, right? If we want to go ahead and get a guy, a left defenseman, how are you going to make that? How are you going to go ahead and say, yes, we can be tangibly in the, the running for a guy like Philip Forsberg, and we can go ahead and try to get a you know a vet on the cheap to play defense for us. You're just not, there's so much limited cap space. And if you're going to say, right, we're going to re-sign back Dobson, that's going to cut us down to 10 million. And now we're going to go ahead and subtract two and a half million because we're willing to retain a cap hit, the cap hit on Varlamov. I'm just not sure that's – I'm not sure that's – other guys, you can move other guys off your roster. I know, but has this team shown the ability to do anything? The team's in win now. Whether we like it or not, that's what they think. They think we could still compete for a cup, and they're not going to retain any cap it if they think they can retain a uh, – they can that's, win a cup. See, whether we think we can do it or we're willing to do it, that's a whole other story. It can be done if they're not creative enough or – and we have $14 million in cap space with one guy to resign. One guy. I mean, well, keep you, you have are, just said that we are not good enough the way that you are currently constitute. I'm just trying to say for your point of view, what does it matter? You can retain all the cap space you want. We have that money. We're $14 million under the cap space. Kiefer Bellows is a restricted free agent. What's he going to get? million and a half? Maybe. I mean, everybody else is on expiring deals. Everyone in their 30s. They're easily replaceable. I mean, I, I don't think we're in cap jail. They are going this offseason. I think they're going to make moves. I do, right? This is the first time oh, we've got a whole they're bunch not. of cap space. They're, not. they're not. They're absolutely not. Just forget that. That's not happening. That is not happening. How many years of him not doing anything in the offseason except picked up fourth liners are you going to have to realize, see, before you realize that? He's not going to make a move in the offseason. He never does. Never. Ever. Mm. Never. So uh, I'll be honest with you. I think they think that they could win now, and I think what they're going to do is probably if guys aren't re-signed back, right, we look at the the amount – of unrestricted free agents that could have been applicable to our situation where you could have said, yes, these are guys that could fit, right? Thomas Hurdle was a guy we had rumored maybe he he was a fit, right? San Jose had switched to the more defensive-minded system. They had switched a little bit more to, you know, the, the Barry Trot style of hockey. The times we played them, they play a very similar style to what we had played. So you're looking at a guy who could have made an easy transition, in my opinion, a guy like Tomas Hurdle could have, but he signed, you know, an eight-year deal. He's going nowhere. And you look at your options, just continue to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink. So. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say to that because, uh, like I said, I want the team to be successful long-term. No, no, okay, okay. What what I'm trying to get at here with this point, Grumpy, is even if the team wants to make moves over the offseason and they want to add a big piece or a big fish, right? Let's say that's the grandiose plan is to add a big fish. You're starting to get to a point to where we're going to see the amount of options they have shrink. And when that happens, you kind of get bent over the barrel and you end up in a shit situation. When your options are limited and what what you need to be successful that's not good for you. That's what I'm saying. 
Well, that's a whole other story. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with the salary cap situation. We're not in salary cap trouble. I'm just, I, it doesn't matter. And I, you know what? I don't know enough about the salary cap rules. I don't think that you can hold the 50% value through the length of the contract. I think it's just this year. No, it's the okay. entirety of the contract. Okay. I didn't think that's what it was. I know that for a fact. Entirety of the contract. Okay. A lot of times when they retain cap hits, it's usually on a guy who is on an expiring deal. You sometimes see because it because they don't have to worry about the next season. That's right. That's right. Exactly. They don't have to worry about the next season. And I could say, here you go, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Here you go, a team up against the cap, um, the cap ceiling. I'm going to go ahead and take a, a player who doesn't have much value for you that's on a close to expiring deal. And I'm going to give you a guy like Varlamov. He's only going to count 2.5 against the cap. And I'm going to go ahead and take back in return a guy you don't utilize very much that has a higher cap hit. So we're able to make it work cap wise. And it only affects me for the remainder of this year, which is already written off. So I, yeah. I, I, I think you're mistaken on that, but I don't, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not. <laughs> I know that for a fact. I'm not. I don't know if anybody's prominent in the comment section. Read the rules. It's not like that. You're able to retain. You have to retain the cap hit for the entirety of the contract. So just take a look at the rules. Um, but uh, yeah, so we saw a few items like Varlamov get thrown out there. Um, you know, I, I think that if you're going to trade him, now is the time period to go ahead and do so, just like you. We've thrown out Scott Mayfield, you know, after what Manson got. I don't think there's any reason to believe that you could not get um a player plus a pick for mayfield a player plus a first i don't think there's any reason to believe that that's not possible mayfield i think is better than manson he's got better playoff experience he's on a more manageable deal as well true um and the prospect that uh anaheim got was actually pretty good yeah he's playing college hockey and he's playing well yeah so i mean i i mean a first round pick and somebody who you could legitimately see playing as a top six forward next year even if it's you know the second second line, I'm all for that. E or even just to throw this out there, a defenseman, a younger defenseman who's not quite ready yet. I'm willing to do that as well. Gotcha. And again, you could go ahead. We don't need a guy if you if you're going to bring in a young guy who's. You talk about an overhaul, though. I, I think that would pen us in to being in a situation to to have again more veteran, more veteran defensemen. We're looking at this year an unrestricted free agency. That's that's how that would be lined up. That's fine. Uh, that's well, fine. A left-handed, a left-shot defense. Uh, let's say you get a left-shot defenseman. Let's say, okay, somebody who makes four million dollars a year. You can afford that. Absolutely, you can afford that. Pair him with Pulak as your second pairing. That's what I'd want. And then you have Sallow and get yourself another defenseman for the bottom pair. Maybe makes $3 million a year. You've totally revamped your defense. Incorporated younger players who are going to be full-time starters. That's how the transition starts. I don't have a problem with that. Anything's better than having Char and Green out there every night. You'll have a better second pair left-handed defenseman and a better third, uh, a better third pair left-handed defenseman, just with Sallow. Your third-pair right-handed guy is not probably going to be as good as Mayfield, but you live with that by limiting their minutes. I have no problem with that at all. Absolutely. Absolutely, Grump. And again, you're going to get big value, and this all comes back to this statement. If you're not going to compete for a cup this next year, you have got to, and I mean 
got to trade away Scott Mayfield. I think they still can think they can compete for a cup. I think that's the ideology that general manager and and head coach have. And if that's the case, the contract that Mayfield has is very valuable for next year. And if you seriously, what I 100% agree with you, 100%. Yeah, and if you're in a situation where again, if you're in a situation where you think he can compete for the cup, I think he's not going to be moved. Unfortunately. I think that you can use this as an opportunity to say, hey, this guy's on it. He's going to be next year's his last year of his deal. I mean, worst case scenario, you could go ahead and say, all right, we'll gamble for him for one more year. We think we can compete. And when it doesn't work out for us next year, then we can trade him away at the deadline for less of a return. That's kind of what you're looking at. That's, I think, the worst case scenario for the Islanders. Okay. I mean, I could see them doing that. But here's the bottom line. We're not winning a Stanley Cup with this group. I'm sorry it's not happening. We have fallen way, and I mean way behind the best teams in our conference. We're not even, we're a borderline, I mean a borderline playoff team next year. Borderline. And that's, I think, if a lot of things go well. We talked about what needed to happen, right? That's assuming they give Oliver Wallstrom more playing time, more than, you know, seven minutes of ice time. <laughs> A night. There's there's a lot there's a he's lot gonna, that comes with it. He's going to get more ice time next year. He is going to get more. He has to get more ice time next year. Mm. I, you know, eventually it's going to come to a head between Barzell and Trotz. Next year is it. If Barzell says I want Wallstrom playing on my line, what's Barry going to say? No. Okay, I'm playing out my option. I'm leaving. Ownership, you choose between me and Trotz. That'll be the end of Trots. That'll be the end of him. They're not gonna. They're not gonna risk losing Matt Barzell to keep Barry Trots. That's not gonna happen. The coach never wins that battle, ever. Never ever wins that battle. Fair enough, Grandpa. Hopefully, I mean, will it ever get to a point like that? Though that's the question. He ha- Barzell has all the leverage next year. He could say, all right, I'll just sign a one-year though. Would he do something like that? Why would he not? Do you think he's happy in the situation here? Really? Do you think he's happy playing under Barry Trotz? I don't. I absolutely don't. Hmm. And I'll show you, I'll show you an example here. Now, this is Olimata. Do you remember Olimata was traded last year around the trade deadline? He was traded to, I'm sorry, he was traded in October. To the LA Kings. This is just to show you what happened with Olimata here. He was originally traded there to the Kings, a defenseman. He was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks. He was traded in that 2020 year in October the 5th. So last year around this time period, you'll see here. Oh, I'm noticing I'm not actually showing anything on my screen, but just to show you guys how that works, he was traded in October, I think it's October the 5th. So that 2019, 2020 season, his total cap it is four million eight hundred and or four essentially four million dollars. You go up to the top, they had originally retained a cap hit of 750k. They retained that the Chicago Blackhawks last year, and they're retaining that this year. So that means the actual cap hit applicable to the where kids. does it say that? Let me zoom in. When did you. when did they trade him? October 5th of 2020. Three reasons why that trade was perfect. He was traded from the Chicago Blackhawks to the LA Kings. 
Again, the only reason I know is because I do the, <laughs> I do this. It's it's again. So he was traded there. The cap hit to the actual Kings, even though he was traded last year, is still only three point three million, and the cap hit retained still by the Chicago Blackhawks is still seven hundred and fifty k. A lot of times you don't see teams retain cap hits on players that have a long term deal or more than one to one year in a deal because they don't want to hamstring themselves. This time you only see them withholding what about like. Not about twenty percent, or somewhere around that, or somewhere around that. I mean, you don't see them retaining a whole lot of the cap, but not even twenty percent. So, I mean, technically, they could have said, "Hey, we're going to retain half the cap it for this year and next year," and made it a little bit more of a sweeter deal for for the Kings if they had more to come back and return. But that means it would just count against their cap it for this year. Okay. So that's that's again how that works, and that's how that would work if they traded away Varlamov. Um, it's, it's negligible. You have the cap space. What does it matter? I'm just saying if a team says they want to compete now and they're saying things like, oh, we're going to retain the cap hit for this year and for next year, that's how that works. So what? I'm so just what? saying you're hamstring yourself with the options you have over the offseason. You're talking about two and a half million. You have 14. You have only one guy who's imperative to the success of the team who's a free agent and he's restricted. Everybody else is unrestricted, and we don't we don't pay out the nose for who are we going to bring back? Zach Parise for one million per? I mean, no. I think they're going to want to try to make they're going to want to overpay for a guy like Forsberg. They're going to say, "Hey, we need to bring in Forsberg. Let's go ahead and do that." So that's what I think they're going to want to do. Well, then you trade somebody else. You move somebody else off your team. It doesn't mean every. Here's the thing: for Forsberg to come on team, you got to move somebody anyway. Because you have all those spots cemented on long-term deals. You have to move one out to bring somebody in. Like I've been saying, it's, 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 you're making it sound way more difficult than it really is. Will they do it? I don't know. But it's easy. it is easy to do. It's very easy to do. All I'm going to say is this. What is easy to do and what the team wants to do, I think, are two different things. I still think the team wants to compete. And if that's the case, I don't think they're going to do that. But again, I, I hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong to what my thought process is on the team because we need a serious retool. We need to seriously change the makeup of the team, right? I think Mayfield, Mayfield could bring you back a return. Will we trade a guy like Mayfield? I'd say probably not. I mean, unless the deal is so sweet where where Lou cannot resist it. I think Lou likes the, the contract Mayfield's on. He's a He's a very valuable contract for us. No doubt. All I'll say is the thing for me that's the most frustrating is how the veterans were totally abysmal the first 55 games of the year. All of a sudden, they picked their play up a week and a half, two weeks before the trade deadline. Really? Where's this been all year? I don't want you on my team. I don't want you on my team. You're not a winner. You're a loser. I want you gone. That's a loser right there. Just enough to keep my job. Jim Fassel, coach of the Giants. I remember when he used to coach the Giants. Good season, shitty season. Mediocre season, shitty season. Oh, he's on the block. Super Bowl run. That buys him another contract extension. It's always the same. I hate players like that. Where is this effort that we've seen in the last two weeks? Where has it been all year? I don't, don't give me any excuse that they want to give COVID this, that, the other thing. Horseshit. You got demoted. That's why you started playing harder. Bailey, Lee. You don't, it's, it's, hold it's on. Not a, it's not a mistake. It's so obvious to me. 
you don't like the fact that Anders Lee, I mean, have you looked at his point production this season as a whole and what he's done in like in the last four games? Again, he's hot. So I'll, 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 I'll say that right. And players go through ebbs and flows, right? And the last five games, think about this. Anders Lee has got a goal in each one of those games. In the last five games, Anders Lee has got eight goals and one assist. Last five games, he's got eight goals, one assist, nine total points on the season. Think about this, Grumpy. On the season, I, what has he got, like 20? Oh, I'm trying to blank in here. He's On the season, he's got 29 points. So he's got roughly, let's say, 33% of his entire point production this season in a five-game stretch. I mean, here's the thing. What else are you seeing from him? He's hustling After back on the def- He's hustling back on the defensive end. You're seeing that from him occasionally. Certainly showing more effort than he has all year long. Where's that been? I don't want to hear that all of a sudden his knee is totally healthy now. You realize an ACL, if you're playing football or baseball, is a lot different than if you're on skates. A lot different. He's a say. dog. He's an absolute dog out there. That's how he's played all year, except for these last few games. He's been an absolute dog the whole year. Well, well, let's 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 talk about this too, um, Zach or uh, or Parise. What we think Zach Parise will get. I think, and I know there's been a lot of trades that have been happening. I think during the show, I got some from earlier. I was looking through earlier comments, so I know that. Um, oh man, who was it who was traded Grump to Florida? I cannot remember his name. Um, ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt. Okay. And did they also make another move? There's a whole bunch of moves that are being made right now. That's that's what the smart teams are doing. They're moving players now. They're not waiting till Monday afternoon at 4.30. They're making <laughs> deals now. They're not waiting till the deadline. They're being proactive, not reactive. Look, what, look at what Montreal got for Ben Sherratt. Because guess what? Florida needed defense. What do I say about Florida? What's the one thing they don't have? Their the defense is not great. What do you think we would have got for Scott Mayfield trade him to think of what Sherrod got? I think he got a first round pick, a uh, player, and a third round pick or something like that. I mean, they got pretty good value for him. Hmm. Ben Sherrod is nowhere near as good as Scott Mayfield. Certainly not come playoff time. Hmm. <sighs> That's uh, yeah, I think so. I think you're right, Grump. And I mean, like, I, I Vitrano also left too. He went to the he went to the um, the Rangers. I'm trying to think. Oh man, it was a. There's quite a few moves here. Essentially, a fourth round pick for Vitrano. Is Frank Vitrano that good? I don't think so. I would say probably not. Again, I, I don't watch enough Florida games in depth to say, yeah, I've got an in-depth scouting report. I, I will say, right, when we look at his point production, he is playing in a high style, you know, high-flying style of hockey. He's a guy, what is he, a third liner, I think? Yeah, but, okay, if you're trading for def- the Rangers, for instance, why are they trading for a defenseman who's part of a high-flying offensive system? Is that what they need? The is that what the Rangers winger. need? He's a winger. Okay. He's oh, let's say he's a fourth liner or a third line guy. He's a checker. That's what those guys get. I don't know. You you were talking first round pick for Parise last week. I, I'm saying maybe a second. That's it. I well, hold on. I said in all likelihood, I see a second. I said if some team's willing to overpay, I could see some team giving up a first round pick. And here's the reason and rationale again. 
I'm I'm not saying hey, it's probable they're giving up a first round pick. I've teams overpay at the NHL trade deadline. They do just for the history high, of it. What, what do you high end talent for high end talent? They do not for not for a third line guy. That's what he is on a good team. He's a third line guy who shows a lot of hustle. That's what he is at this stage of his career. He's a third line guy. Only on this team is he a first line player because we don't have any talent offensively. I think they also look at playoff performances. I think they also say, okay, what is a guy? Do- yeah, I mean, what does it come with veteran leadership? What does it come as a glue guy? What does it come with, you know, what we've seen from you in the big moment? I think teams are willing to overpay a little bit. And that's why, like, when you see certain players, they'll get moved towards a deadline. I mean, like, what did Jeff, Jeff Carter had a fantastic second half of the season. What did Jeff Carter get traded for last year? And I know Jeff I, Carter, I don't, I'm not sure what the exact, uh, the numbers were for him here, but I know Jeff Carter was traded to um, was traded to Pittsburgh last year. Yeah, okay, he was producing round. during the year. He was producing he, during the year for the Kings. He was originally traded for a third round pick in in this year's draft and a fourth round pick in next year's draft. You think that's overpaying for what he what he gave them? No, no, he's he thirty six years old too. He's old. You're not going to get a, a you're not going to get a super high pick for a guy who's in his late thirties. Just not going to happen. Before only it, we, only we are dumb enough to trade second round picks for thirty six year old defensemen. Only we're dumb enough to do that. Other teams are not. Okay, he's a forward first off, and yeah. Jeff Carter of the year he was traded had nineteen points in forty games with the Kings. That also being said, right, I'd argue that Parise is a better skater at this point than Jeff Carter is. Jeff Carter, again, he's six three, he's more of a bigger guy. And, and so like can you skate? Does Jeff Carter again, I don't I can't I don't watch enough of the games with Jeff Carter. Is he a guy who's consistently playing the penalty kill? No. I don't know. And Jeff Carter's played well this year. He's played well with Pittsburgh. He's played really well with Pittsburgh. And again, like you look at that trade, I think that trade's worked out well for Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh was the victor in that trade. I know they gave up a third round for the 2022 and the fourth round in 2023. I think they've come out head over heels the clear victor on that, right? He's on, he's got 33 points this year for them in 55 games I for a guy who was a third and fourth round pick. And he played well last year in the playoffs for him and played well down the stretch. I mean, he had 11 points in 14 games toward the tail end of last year. He played really well i'm just saying right parise is a guy where they could look at and say hmm, i've seen what he's done in the past he's a guy with a lot of playoff experience similar to the guy like jeff carter he's a jeff guy who's won a stanley, stanley cup jeff carter's won multiple stanley cups what's that parise ever won the new jersey uh new jersey devil devils forward of the year i mean what the <laughs> hell has he ever won the minute the minnesota wild uh community service award what's he ever won nothing nothing the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's what he's won. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the highest that's... award in the NFL, supposedly. I know, I know. That's what I was joking around. I'm going to take MVP over that award any day. <laughs> um, all, all I'm going to say is this. I think Parise, you know, do I expect Parise, if you were to be traded, to say, oh, I'm going to average some ridiculous point of game total or something like that? Probably not, no. I will say this. I think Zach Parise is more versatile, even at this stage in his career, than a guy like Carter was. And, uh, you know... Some teams overpay. I thought that that Pittsburgh got the sweetheart end of that deal. So he's just a worth horse. Jeff Carter's a horse out there. He's a big guy who's a playoff type player. I, I, I so you think that Parise should get more than Carter? I don't. This is Carter's best year since 2017 18. 
And again, I think he fits really well uh, in Pittsburgh, right? He fits well with the the style they play and with the teammates that he plays with. With other talent around him. Yeah, he plays yeah. better with talent around him. Here's the thing. Zach Parise on a talented team, he's a third liner. Jeff Carter elevates his play playing with better players. That's not Zach Parise. He gets benched in Minnesota when they have better players. Think about this. If he plays a whole season, he's got 33 points through 55 games. He's on average to hit 50-plus points this year at the age of 37 years old. And all I'm going to say here is this. I think that Pittsburgh got the clear end and the winning end of that deal. There's always going to be a winner and a loser with every single one of these deals. All I'm saying is this. I think that you're probably looking at a safe second-round pick for a guy like Parise and maybe Again, if you're thinking to yourself, if a team's willing to overpay, I think you might be able to squeak a first out of them. But, uh, you know, again, the team would have to be willing to overpay, and they'd have to love what they see out of Paris. They'd have to love that. I, 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 I don't know what the value or the market was for a guy like Parise this offseason. I know he signed with the Islanders, didn't sign a huge There was team. no value. for There was no market for Zach Parise. Let me ask you this. Do you think there was – it's either one or two things. There was no market for Zach Parise or Zach Parise, as soon as he was put in the free agency, knew he wanted to come and play back for Lou Lamarillo. Here's the thing. You want to know why I say there's no market for him? Because he signed for vet minimum for one year. That's why. If there was With any incentives. market, Lou Lamarillo would have paid him $5 million a year. With incentives. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying the market, the value is crazy for a guy like that, but, I mean, like, with incentives, right, vet minimum – Coming off of a time period where, no you know, market. He, no market for him. Okay. I think he's done more to improve his market and his value this year than he was last year at the trade. Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, and if he signs next year for $2 million a year, that tells you there was no market this year. He signed for freaking vet minimum. He signed for vet minimum for one year. With that means there was no market. What was the market for Zidane Chara? One year vet minimum. There was no market for him. Andy I didn't even Green. think that we have to give up vet minimum this year for Sedano Char. I hope not. Absolutely. Oh, Andy God. Green, one year, vet minimum. There's a reason. There is no market for guys in their late 30s and 40s. Only idiotic teams run by Lou Lamarillo think there's a market for players like that. <laughs> Travis Zajac was begging us to come back on vet minimum. Why? Because he couldn't play anymore. No one else wanted him. We didn't want him. That means he's retired. That's what it means. Oh man, let's let's do this, Grumpy, because uh, I think we've talked a little bit in depth. And if there's any particular trade or any particular person you wanted us to opine on here, the remainder of the show, make sure you leave it in the comment section. We'll make sure we grab that. But it's time to read our ad today from DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. And everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo 
promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See the show notes or the description um, an order for additional details in case you have uh, any issues there gambling or have a gambling problem. Make sure you check out the description for that, Grump. You're on mute. If you have a gambling problem, don't gamble. Exactly. It's not It's not worth it. Absolutely. Um, got some comments here. Uh, Matthew S. saying, a little late. Yeah, just a little late, just a little tiny bit late. Brian P saying we are the worst shootout team in history. I don't know. Is that true? We're bad. Oh, we're I'm bad not saying we're not good. We're I'm not saying we're good. I don't know if we're the worst in history. Six, one and five and six. I don't know if we're the worst in history. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I'm sure there's been a team who's never. We're not good. We're not good. I admit that. No. Um, Chase H saying here, Varlamov in a third for a first and a second, uh, or first in a bad, or I'm sorry, a backup and a bad contract. A first, a second, a backup, first, second, and a, and a backup and a bad contract. I don't that's know. That's an Chase, awful that's lot to lot. bring. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot you're asking for Varlamov. I don't think he'll get you that big of a return. If you were trading Varlamov last year when he was having, you know, a, a Vesna caliber season, I think you could maybe. <laughs> make an argument for that but it's a lot to ask for for the way he's played this year and i think he's got value but i'm not sure how much um chase h saying here uh zach Bree saying cal clutterbuck for a first and a good prospect no way see that's what i mean we're overvaluing our players you're talking about a fourth liner and a third liner for a first and a good prospect no I will say, though, sometimes, and again, it all depends on what team needs are. We see teams overpay for sandpaper and grit guys. I keep going. They do. They do. It's as simple as that. Look at look at what Felino went for last year. Felino sucks. I guarantee you Zach Parise does not get you a first-round pick. I guarantee it. Guarantee. You keep on trying to push that narrative. It ain't happening. Oh, I, I said, I said safely. I'm if I'm if I'm going to Vegas, I'm saying a second. And guess what? If I'm if I'm saying okay, you know what are the odds on a first? It's not zero. I'm just saying it's not like oh, it's a million to one. I'm saying I think there's an opportunity if a team wildly overpays. I say I'm safely if I'm putting money down as you're forcing me to put a chip on the table on what you think Zach Parise if traded if a big if if traded goes for say second round pick. Right, okay. I, I just, I just don't. Nick Foligno last year and Stefan Nosen went for a first rounder and a fourth rounder. He went for a first round pick. Essentially, Nick Foligno did. All I want to say is this: Nick Foligno at that point in the season, thirty three years old, was on an expiring deal, had sixteen points in forty two games. Nick Foligno sucks. He's awful at this point in his career. He's finished, completely toast. I'm just saying the the Toronto Maple Leafs were dumb enough to give up a first round pick for Foligno. So you admit they were dumb doing that. Yes. Teams are dumb at the deadline, though. That is not – it's not like that disappears. Teams are dumb at the deadline. And we, we've we been dumb at the deadline before. We've got to find the dumb team. If we do, I think you can get paid for a guy. If you can't, then you're going to get kind of what you expect. Okay. 
Lou playing 4D chess should be able to find the dumb the dumb guy at the, the end of the table who doesn't know what the hell they're doing or make a mistake, and he should be able to go ahead and pull the wool over their eyes, right, if he's playing 4D checkers. Yeah, I just, chess, don't see I just don't see it happening. Just don't. The closer we get to the deadline we don't do anything, the less chance we have of making a deal. Would it surprise me if – we go out and out of the trade that and don't make any deals. That wouldn't even surprise me. Wow. Why would it surprise you? They love this group of freaking losers. They love it. They love getting beat in the semifinals every year. If we went to this year's NHL trade deadline and didn't make a move, I, I don't even know how to explain what I, I I've been disappointed in the team before in the past. I was disappointed this last all season when we didn't make a serious run at a guy like Tarasenko due to whatever the hell reason it was. I was upset. I was. I thought we could have really made a big splash with him, and he really would have worked out well. And again, we saw a little bit of what Tarasenko could be. Did you see those time periods where Matt Barzal, the few shifts on the ice where Matt Barzal and Oliver Walsh were paired together? Matt Barzal would bring in zone entry. He'd go ahead and speed there through it. He'd leave that drop pass for Oliver Wallstrom, and there'd be this gap of space created. I'd always think to myself, what would Vladimir Tarasenko do with that gap of space? He can create offense for himself, but what would he be able to do, a guy who's a true sniper, with that gap of space and the ability to create? It just made me, it'll always make me wonder what could have been. Um, but I, I, getting back to it, I've been disappointed in the past. If we don't make any moves at this year's trade deadline, that may be the most disappointed I've ever been in this. You're season. saying a minimum of three guys be moved off the team. I think I, I thought originally going into this last week, I said I'd be shocked if we don't move three or more. I said the minimum I could see us moving is three. But the way things continue to just wait and stagnate, I'm worried I might be completely wrong on that original assessment. I might be completely wrong, and that's scary for me. Let me put it this I'd be stunned if we move three guys off this team. Stunned. And I could see them giving Zach Parise a three-year extension. I could absolutely see that. Three-year extension? Stop. Why not? Why not? Stop. I know. Are you joking right now? Why I'm not, not looking at your face right now. I'm trying to bounce around. I'm closing out tabs. I'm looking at Anders Lee numbers. I was looking at a few things. But are you serious right now, Grump? Why not? He did it for Leo Komarov, who was nowhere near the player Parise. He gave him a four-year deal. Leo Komarov was younger at that time period, though. What does it matter? Parise is still a better player today than Leo Komarov was five years ago, 10 years ago. He's not the answer, but I could see him doing that. Oh, he's part of our core now. It's just so ridiculous. It's, it's pathetic, honestly. Honestly, it's a fireable offense. If you don't move some guys at the deadline, if I'm the ownership, I'm going, dude, what's, what's wrong with you? no trades at this year's trade deadline, you're gone. I, again, like I don't care. You could have two years left on your deal or three years left. Guess what? Right. The team, it's about profitability. How profitable can the team be as an ownership group? And when you see to yourself, okay, we're not doing, we're not making moves to set us up for long term success. And we're currently in a position where we're kind of fluttering, you know, floundering. You got to go. I, I would fire him on the spot if you make no moves. Again, I'm not the owner of the team. So it doesn't matter what the hell I say, but I, you no know what? moves. I don't know how much hockey Malkin really knows. But if he's getting snowed under, no pun intended, what Lou Lamarillo was telling him, dude, you bought the wrong team. I, I just, I mean, common sense tells you, man, we've not been good. 
And like I said, I'm questioning. Watching what I've seen the last two weeks has made me more angry than anything else. Way more angry than anything else. These guys could have been playing hard like, and I'm talking about the veterans, the vets, the core, quote unquote, core of this team mm -hmm. who just underachieved. I thought it was because, you know what? They just can't do it anymore. And I, I'd actually respect that a little bit. I've lost total respect for Josh Bailey and Anders Lee. Absolutely have no respect for them at all. They dogged it the whole year till two weeks before the trade deadline. Now all of a sudden, hey, we're going to try hard now. Uh, sorry. You get paid 7 and $5 million respectively. That's what we get from you all year until trade line deadline's coming up. Why? Because you're afraid some of your beer-drinking buddies are going to be traded off the team, and you don't want that because we're all, you know, we're a tight-knit group. You know what? You're not You're not winners. You've never won anything, ever. And here's never won anything, ever, in this team. Nothing. And I don't think it's just production that you're looking at. I mean, Kyle Palmieri busted his ass all season long. May not have resulted in points. The guy was snake-bidden. Like, the effort is never in question with a Kyle Palmieri. The effort was in question multiple times this year with Anders Lee multiple times this year with Josh Bailey. I could not remember. I mean, I saw that I saw Anders Lee dispossessing individuals uh in the offensive zone, you know, when the opposing team had the puck in the offensive zone, their defensive unit would get it. I see him dispossessing other members of the team. And I see, you know, he's in the defensive zone. I see him killing. I see, okay, gosh. I said he's actually hustling back on on defense. He's back checking. That's you want to you know why it's noticeable? Because he never does it. Never. Let Kiefer Bellows one shift or Oliver Wallstrom one shift, not gun it back to cover somebody. Banished. Sit on the bench for another week. Mm. And really do whatever you want. That's that's why I keep saying it's like a country club there. And Lee, Bailey, Nelson, read them all off. All the veterans. Hey, they're the people who are paying the big bills to run that club. Dobson's, Wallstrom's, Bellows. They're the servants. We might give you some scraps of the leftover meals that we have, or the gristle that we spit back on our plate at the end of the night. You can eat that. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you always throw in Brock Nelson's name? Because he's because he's the same as they are. The absolute same as they are. He's not. He he's, not. He he's not. He's not. He's not. He's not. He's probably he's worse. Not. He's probably worse. You're right. He's, worse. he's a guy who lights it up against really bad teams. That's not true. We've also debunked this. Debunked. No. You are fake news. Debunked, Grumpy. Not true. Um, uh, do you want to mention this one more time here? Because I, I, I said I'd do it later. Um, remember, if you wanted to create an NCAA tournament bracket, this is where you can go ahead and do so. Let me refresh. It's called, you can find it. We got some new ones in. Uh, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. All you have to do is have an ESPN account. It's just a fun group. It's a free tournament bracket entry. We just want to see if you want to size it up and you want it to be a part of it. Hey, I'm still working remote. I'm still working from home. I haven't had a chance to shoot the shit with my friends at work. Are they doing a tournament bracket? Do I have a tournament bracket? I don't have a place where I belong. Don't worry. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man have got ourselves a group for that. You can go ahead and create the bracket on ESPN. Then you search TJ Ampersand, the Grumpy Old Man, and that is where you're able to go ahead and submit this. Like the Milkman, Grumpy. Joe Mama is Stinky submitted that one. So Who's you can go ahead. Who's TJ, 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 TJ? Is that you? 
Yeah, that's me. TJ, 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 TJ. That's mine. So in case anybody's wondering, right, I'm not the Joe Mama is Stinky, the milkman. That's the TJ, TJ, TJ one. That's me. Um, but yes, that's where you're able to submit yourself a NCAA tournament bracket and you could go ahead and size up for a little bragging rights and just have a good time here. And uh, at least hey, be interested this year, March Madness, the fans are back in the stands. It's going to be fun to watch. Make sure if you're filling out a tournament, make sure you enter in on ESPN, the men's tournament challenge and go to the group TJ ampersand, the grumpy old man. Okay. Tony Queso saying, what's the deadline to get this in? My legs are very tired tonight. I don't think I can do it. I don't know if he's talking about the tournament bracket, but it's it's the the the, the games start tomorrow. So you have tonight. <laughs> the deadline's on, Tony. Um, Brian J says, shout out to Isles Misery Rated R and the Baldies that run this show. That's me. You and I are the Baldies, Grump. Maybe he's talking about the people who run the uh, Isles Misery Group. Maybe they're baldies too. I'm gonna say a lot maybe. of people are baldies. It's true. I didn't know if you want to say you say Isles Misery Rated R. Grump, you usually do your thing. I know. Well, see, I'm you're supposed to say I see that's why I mean look at how mean Brian looks in that picture. He He's probably like, thinking what would the how would I react if the Islanders don't make any moves at the trade deadline? And this is the face he's making. He's ready to kill somebody. Isles Misery rated R. They're the star. Love them to death. There it is. There it is, Crumb. Um, and he says, I don't know why we're <laughs> we're winning these uh winning. It's pointless. Better off to get a better pick in the in, in the top three. We're not gonna be in the top three. I, I think probably at the end of the day, we're gonna be ninth, tenth draft pick, something like that. Because at the end of the year, we're gonna lose a whole bunch of games at the end. Hmm. Let's see how let's see how Anders let's see. I'm interested to see how Croc average and useless number 12 perform after the trade deadline. Wouldn't it be something if their their place slides off again to what they've been all year? As far as I'm you just take them out and back and shoot them in the head. <laughs> oh, good gracious. Stop, Grumpy. Anthony R here saying uh we aren't going to do anything. This is going to be a huge disappointment. I hope you're wrong, Anthony. I saw a lot of comments that are similar to that. I just pulled Anthony's up just because I didn't want to, in lieu of reading the same comment or a similar comment like 10 times, I, just to share the sentiment. It would be very disappointing if we don't do anything. I know that people were agreeing with you, Grump, that they think that, hey, maybe one tops two moves are going to be made at this year's trade deadline. That's what I'm I think. slowly starting to defect to your ideology, too, and it's making me sad. It's my heart was originally optimistic, right? The optimism. I haven't had a lot to be optimistic about this year. At least I was optimistic about our moves at the trade deadline. And slowly that has started to rot on the vine. Yeah. I, like I said, this season was lost in the off season last year. We didn't try to get better. It's what you get. You just go backwards. Time be saying uh, chariot there. Sherat. Sherat. I'm sorry, Grump. Sherat to Florida. For a 2023 first round pick and a 2022 fourth round pick. And Ty, I couldn't even tell you how to pronounce that name. Simulonic. Simulonic. Uh Yeah, so I guess, I mean, Florida doesn't have a first round pick this year or next year. No, they don't. They're all they're in it to win it, though. Hey, you know what? We're trying to win a Stanley Cup. We're not worrying about assigning Yarmir Yager back. 
if it was the Islanders, and though he had him for a while, he'd still be playing for this team at 50 years old. I guess that full-on rebuild is in session in Montreal. Mm. That's what it should be. They were Stanley Cup finalists last year. Think about this. They had a terrible year. What are they doing? Sell, sell, sell. Why? They want to have a brighter future. What do we do? Sit, sit, sit. Lose, lose, lose. We're going to be back picking to the top five again in no time. No time. Are you serious, Grumpy? Come on. We've got pieces that make this this core strong. I think you're wrong. I think you're dead wrong on that. What's, uh, what's our core? Five, six guys on the whole team is our core? Think about this. Our, we've got three really solid defensemen. Okay. From now until kingdom come, we've got a freaking top-tier goalie. We've got a top-ten goalie in the NHL. That's four. We've got an unbelievable center that Five. some people think that seem to try to you know pontificate that hey he's he could be a third line center now there's five i think we've got a really strong second line center no he's not a core yes. guy not yes. a core guy Nelson's a core he's guy. in his 30s he's Brock in his Nelson's 30s core guy he's it's okay to have one player in their 30s as a core guy it's okay he's not a core guy he's in his 30s by the time this team is good again he'll be gone He's not a core. He's not Are a core. Are you asking guy. me if he's a core guy today? Yes. If he is he a core guy five years from now? Okay. No. But, but he's a core guy rotted. today. The core's rotted. The core, if he's part of your core, you don't make the playoffs. There you go. Bullshit. Brock Nelson is good, Grumpy. Brock Nelson is a, a damn good number two center. I don't get what stop. I'm giving him that. You cannot give him it. I'm he's, giving it to him because I know you and I don't agree on this. Core going forward. Who are the core guys? Brock Nelson is not a core guy going forward. He's a he's core guy on the team for the next two or three years at least. He's, are you kidding me? His play is going to tail off. How much do you think his play is going to tail off? Quite a bit. He's having a career year this year at the age of 30. Isn't it, isn't it surprising? The year that we don't make the playoffs, Brock Nelson has a career year. Yeah. Tell me that's not the, the, the absolute epitome of his whole, whole career. Here's Thank the, you, Brock Nelson. You had your best year, and we sucked out loud. Brock Great Nelson. Brock job. Nelson was going to have his best year before COVID struck. He didn't. He didn't. okay. Well, he he had fifty four. He, he had sixty eight games played and fifty four points. He was all pace hit over sixty. What a he didn't. He didn't. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Um, and then Brian J says it's pretty embarrassing putting Mappar's all on the third line. If you think he's going to resign here, it's over. He's going to Seattle. Whatever line he's on is the first line. Period. I don't care when they roll him out there to skate. He's the number one line. They're the only line that does anything offensively that creates anything. One of the other lines might generate a lucky chance here and there, but for zone time, that's the he's the reason. That we have zone time. He's the reason. We don't have any zone time otherwise. It's not, certainly not anything that threatens the other team with scoring chances. We get a lucky bounce here or there, able to pop in a goal. Yesterday was total Islander hockey from the last few years. Get dominated. I mean dominated by Washington. And here's the thing. I was shocked. We we called that game live. Anders Lee got that late game equalizer. I was like, freaking Anders. I knew he I knew they were gonna score though. I could tell because their goalie was terrible. Vitek Vanacek is awful. Like we talk about teams that need a goalie. Washington should be a team. Seriously, if Washington at all was saying, Hey, I, we might need a goalie, I think Varlamov would be a good fit for them. Vitek Vanacek sucks. 
Sansonoff is young. Are but... you gonna trade? Are you gonna trade a goal in your own division? Probably not. Screw it. Why not? I'm just saying they're probably not gonna do it. If the if hey, here's the thing, if they're willing to pay the price, I don't care. Trade them to Washington. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying they're probably not going to trade to a team with their own division. You think they're going to trade them to the Rangers? If the Rangers need a goalie, the answer is no. If they didn't have Shesterkin and they needed a goalie, screw it. I don't care. If they're willing to pay me what I need, what uh, what is this? I've never understood this. It's like, okay, because we're going to have to play against a guy. like It's on a one-year freaking deal. He's got one year left after this one. You don't want to make your rivals better. It's about not wanting to make your rivals better. We're at a time period where we need to rebuild and revamp. We got core guys like Brock Nelson here. Oh, we don't need Brock that. Nelson is a core guy. Core That's guy. Right. He's a core guy. That's right. I think Oliver Wallstrom could grow into a core guy. Right now, he's not. But oh, he's a core guy. Going forward, he is a core player. Absolutely, he's a core player going forward. Will Barry ever utilize him? Will they start playing? Barry will be gone. Five Barry will be gone. Barry will be gone. When this team is successful again, Barry Trotz will be just an ancient memory. That's what's going to happen. We're not going to be a playoff championship contender for at least, at least three years, at least. And the longer you keep on riding this old, aged, rotting core, the longer it's going to take before we get back to being relevant again. That's those are just facts. That's why you cut rid of, get rid of the dead wood, bring in new life, start over. Mm. Don't tell me you're happy qualifying eighth for the playoffs and getting the shit kicked out of you by Carolina or name any other team in the Eastern Conference because that's where you're headed. You might squeak into the playoffs next year and get rolled in the first round. I mean, rolled. Mm. Um, Got a comment here also from Brian P. He said, Vetrano there um, went to the Rangers for a fourth round pick. He's 28. If you think Parise is getting us a first, I want to know what you're smoking, says Brian P. I look at it like this again. I think I already covered it. I'm putting chip down to Vegas second round pick. If I'm saying maybe a team wildly overpays first. Oh God. No, no way. No way. No way. And I first of all, they're going to check with them because you know, those one year UFAs that we sign, you know, who have no career left are finished. We're going to check to see if it's okay. If we trade them for a month. Yikes. Yikes. Yikes, that's the shit that blows me away. Time B says here, uh, Seattle training or trading. Oh, my God, these names. I, I Kelly Yonrock. Kelly Yonrock to Calgary for a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 uh, or a 2023, I think, third round pick and a 2024 seventh round pick. That's pretty good value. I think he was their first selection in the entry draft, wasn't he? Wasn't he the first guy they picked? I'll have to pull this up here. Oh, I, I mean, don't... is he that great a player? I think he came from Calgary, actually. He came from Nashville. He was Nashville. from Nashville. Okay. Was He's he their Calgary. first? Was he their first pick overall in the expansion draft? I don't remember. For some reason, I'm just remembering his name, and it's not like, you know, I watched that horrible little ceremony for as long I as I could. I couldn't. I think we did a live stream during it. We're like, this sucks. Everything was already pre-selected. That was the biggest BS about it. At least with the prior expansion draft for the Vegas Golden Knights, it actually nobody knew anything ahead of time. With the Seattle Kraken, every single freaking pick was made before the actual presentation. You're like, what the hell? There's no reason for me to watch this. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was, everyone was announcing it earlier in the day. I thought he was the first name announced, though. His name. Could've I been. remember them mentioning his name. I don't know who came out to pronounce his name. Maybe it was Marshawn Lynch. I don't know. But somebody, whoever was, butchered the name. So it probably was Marshawn Lynch. So Callie Yonrock has 26 points in 49 games played this year. Yeah. Even guys on crappy teams, they even have to score, though, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, look at what he got in return. You think Yonruck is a is a guy with do you think he's got a lot of, you know, indisputable, you know, value and a lot of fantastic playoff experience? He got traded, he got a second, a third, and a seventh round pick. Maybe because Seattle's proactive and moved him before the deadline. I'm just saying, is it crazy to think a second and a third and a fourth round pick? Shit. I'd I'd argue that's close to the value of the equation of a first. That's wow. all I'm going to say, right? No. Kelly Onruck. No. Second, a second, third. a third, and a seventh is second equal to first? Is, is no. a, I'm sorry, a second, a third, and a seventh. No. Okay. No. All I'm saying is that's good value. I Calgary, take what Calgary's picking, the second is practically a third. I'd take that in a heartbeat for a guy like Parise in a heartbeat. That's well, all I'm if you saying. don't put him out there, you know, he should already been gone if that. Why? Uh, go ahead. Next comment. What are you thinking to yourself if we should have gone ahead and jumped We're not going to do anything. We're not going to do anything. We're going to do nothing. I just have a feeling. We do nothing. Mm, I got a feeling, Grump. Um, and then David S. here saying, can we trade Trotz and Lou away? Unfortunately, buy not. them out? Don't even have to trade them. Just buy them out. Only if we're lucky. Only if we're lucky. Rich A. saying, yeah, I'm in the team does nothing um, boat. I hope they prove me wrong. I have got Same a lot here. of those comments too. Um, Chris Messi here and saying, TJ Grumpy Man, what are your opinions of Mayfield being traded? And if so, how much could he bring back? I, I think that I, I, th I like the way Kevin Kurtz put it. I think a first round pick and somebody who can play now in the defensive role is important. Maybe he's not as good as Mayfield, but all you need him to play is, you know, 14 tops minutes a night. I think we could take a little bit of a downgrade in that position and say, here you go, no adoption. Here you go, Ryan Pulak. You guys are eating up, you know, 20 minutes a night, you know, 21, 22 minutes a night. And we're going to go ahead and give, you know, uh, we're going to give whatever option, backup option here as a bottom pairing defenseman, 14, 15 minutes a night. That's what they should do. And a first round pick coming back our way as well. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, the player has to be somebody who can actually play. Not just some, oh, you know, three years from now, he might turn out to be something. I'm talking about somebody ready to play now or next year, absolutely. A high-end prospect and a first. On that, picks. First, two firsts, the first and the second, whatever. Time B saying D-Cut has been rumored. Um, is Lou Lamarillo, the rumor is D-Cut has rumored that Lou Lamarillo has put the grumpy old man's couch on the trade market. I hear it was being moved for a couch and a chair to be named later. Ah, there it is. There it is. Hopefully the couches have closer equal value. There's actually two couches and three chairs. Oh, shit. It's got bumped up. And, Sounds like the Zach Parise deal on this. And a 10-year warranty. Oh, holy like shit. Said, the couch Grump is worth quite a bit. Grumpy old man working from position leverage. George B saying here, Lou will do nothing and you will like it. 
I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Paulo C says here, uh, in the last two years under trots, we could have played his system and worked hard because it was a shortened COVID season. But now we cannot play the season. Uh, we cannot play the system anymore with these long 82-game seasons. True. True. Mm. We've talked about that for the last two years. True. If you caught it in the post-game presser, Trotz was talking about um, – he was talking about, you know, how it does take a toll on you when you're going to back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that really takes a toll on you. Oh, regarding playing. Oh. What he forgot to mention there during that time period is the last two years were shortened regular seasons. And the year that they did make the Eastern Conference Finals, they did have a bubble of, what was it, two or three months when COVID hit that prolonged that. And then you had... Uh, a shortened year last year. So, albeit maybe you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, it's not like you were playing an 82-game season and then making Eastern Conference Finals. You played 54 games or 52 games and then made the Eastern Conference Finals. What excuse is Barry going to use next year when we don't make the playoffs? Well, we had to play, you know, last year we came off playing a full 82-game season. I know it's not like the playoffs, but still, we played 82 whole games in one year. Ooh, that's tough. I wouldn't expect much from that team this year, from us this year. We played 82 games last year. They changed the stick. They changed the tape on the end of the sticks, and that's the reason why we're going to struggle next I, year. You know what? I hate excuses. Don't make excuses. Just say, you know what? We suck this year. I'm a crappy coach because I pushed every wrong button all year long. That's what he should say. I I got more respect for him that way. I hate when people make it. Don't make excuses. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear COVID excuse. Are you the only team that had COVID issues? No. Did you? Ha- uh, did your team have the worst COVID issues? No. Not even close. I don't care that you played 13 games on the road. You had five games in between. We didn't get in a rhythm. You want to know the only rhythm they got into was losing every game. I was about to say, we're going to say losing, losing rhythm. rhythm. Uh, Emmanuel R. says, Varlamov is the priority. Forget about the return. Just get rid of his contract. Then trade Clutterbuck and any of the unrestricted free agent vets that uh, want to go. Summer, focus on getting rid of Bailey and maybe Lee to Arizona. Well, I'll Lee, tell you one thing. Lee would never approve a trade to Arizona. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why you don't give players no trade clauses. It just you say, hey, you can go out there in the wintertime. I hear it's pretty nice and warm in Arizona. You could be full year-round sunbathing weather. Do you wonder who guys who get no trade clauses? Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin. Patrick Kane, Anders Lee. Not Anders Lee. Patrick Kane, Anders Lee, Grump. Patrick Kane, not Anders Lee. <laughs> you have to be a top, like top, top, top level player to get a no trade clause. You don't give them to Ham and Eggers. You don't give them to third liners. You don't give them to guys who just stand in front of the net. Never, never freaking ever. If he wanted to leave because he didn't get a no trade clause, see you later, buddy. You suck anyway. Go to Montreal. They'd be booing your ass out the door. They say, Frere Jaca, get the hell out of here. Go back to the States. Brian J says here, Lou Lamarillo is way past his prime. Different era. Guy didn't even want to draft Austin Matthews. What does that tell you about Lou? You wanted Patrick Line. Lou Lamarillo has never, in my opinion, understood free agency and salary cap. And that's that's not, I'm not ripping him for that because that came in when he was in his 70s. 
he was a great, and I mean great, general manager before free agency, where teams before salary cap, where teams had total control over their players all the time. That's just not the way it is anymore. That's why he goes out and signs guys who are way past their prime, who have nowhere else to go. Uh, Leo Komarov, Zach Parise, Matt Martin, guys like that. I know this isn't a comment. Can, can can we talk about this real quick? And I wanted to bring this up. Now, did you happen to see uh, a fan? I don't understand the love that fans have with with Jacob Chikrin. I really don't. Me neither. I get it. He's a good defenseman. I understand he's a good defenseman, right? Not denying that. He's struggled this year. Plus minus has been bad, blah, 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 et cetera. Can we all agree? I was seeing some of these trades that people are throwing out here of, oh, we need Jacob Chikrin. This is what I'd be willing to give up. Well, you think a deal like this would work. I'm trying to pull up the deal. But when I was looking at these ideology or this idea of a trade there for Jacob Chikrin, I think to myself, Fans must really be enamored with him, and I think that they're sadly mistaken with what his actual value is. There was a deal offered that said, let's trade Anthony Bavillier, Josh Bailey, Robin Sallow, a 2022, our first round pick this year, and our second round pick this year for Jacob Chikrin. Say that again? I'm sorry. And I'll, I'll pop it up on screen because it may be easier to see. And the only reason, again, I'm not going to show the article, right? I, you know, I'm, I respect the work that Kevin Kurtz does. It's behind the paywall. I just want to show you this one item here. But he's the fan suggested we would have to give up. We would trade Anthony Bavillier, Josh Bailey, Robin Sallow, a 2022 first-round pick and second-round pick for Jacob Chikrin. Um, what I, in the Sam hell is that? I think that... Chikrin is overrated. Um, but I mean, okay, I could give up Sallow for Chikrin. Uh, left-handed defenseman, both of them. No problem there. Chikrin's probably better than Sallow. Bailey, okay. Bavillier, okay. I'm not giving up a first-round pick. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. Arizona, I mean, Arizona needs salary. I'm not giving them five assets for a guy who I just consider average defensively, average. He is the Anders Lee of the defense core back there for them. Oh man, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I, I don't look at him as Josh being Bailey. A, right, getting rid of Josh Bailey is a is a net neutral. Maybe we'd have to give up a third round pick maximum to get rid of a guy like Josh Bailey. Anthony Bavillier has value. He's a young guy. He needs to change the scenery. I'm sure Bavilia wouldn't be pleased about playing in Arizona, but tough, man. This is the sport. Robin Sallow is a guy with upside. Robin yeah. Sallow shows you that signs that he could be a successful NHL defenseman, and you're giving up a first-round pick this year's draft, which in all likelihood is going to be a lottery selection, and your second-round pick this year? What? Yeah, How does that even sure. make sense for us? We haven't – look at look at the past. We haven't. That would be the third year in a row we wouldn't have a first-round pick. That's, yeah, not, not, that's I, not successful for us. Yeah, I'm never doing that. Never. Yeah. I'm just like, and and again, like I'm not trying to to, to to you know call out Thomas D. All I'm trying to say is I think fans do think that Jacob Chikrin is that valuable. And he's not the only one who I think who values Jacob Chikrin this high. And I just don't understand the value of him, right? Giving up a guy who is a top six winger for us, inconsistent, 
And on a good team, he'll be a third-line guy. On a bad team, maybe he could find his way into a top-line role or a top-six role. A guy, Josh Bailey, who offers veteran leadership, whose contract is not valuable for us. Maybe it's valuable for a team that needs to get to the cap floor. Robin Sallow, a young defenseman who can mature into a guy who's an everyday NHLer. He's got some value. A first-round pick that's a lottery pick in this year's draft, which is a deep draft, and a second-round pick for Jacob Chicklin. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you on that one. Um, I mean, you're going to give up. You're going to give up that much. He should be like in the running for the Norris Trophy, right, Chikrin? You're going to give up that much in value for him? You'd think. You'd think. Has he ever been that type of player? I don't. I've, I've watched him play what two times this year. Actually, I saw Arizona another game. He's just. I don't just don't think he's that good. Certainly mm-hmm. not like that. Maybe he's been better in the past. Maybe it's a down year, but he didn't impress me with any skill set he had when I've seen him play. Mm. Um, Brian B here says, yeah, I've said this for a year. He's past his prime talking about Lou Lerillo. He's stuck in 1999 and people still praise him. Like he's a genius. He's won nothing since the lockout, uh, since before the lockout 20 freaking years. True. True. He gets away with a lot on his cachet. In the Here's name. the thing. We will forever be indebted to him though, for bringing legitimacy and Barry Trotz for bringing legitimacy back to the Islanders. Without a doubt, that's the best thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony Queso saying, uh, "Who has won a cup with a one A and a one B goalie tandem?" I can't think of anyone. No, usually you ride a goalie once you get to the playoffs. I'm trying to think though. When's the last time they truly had a one A one B tandem that's won a cup? I can't even remember. Some guys might be get a game here or there, but usually it's, you're, it's not like one-on, one-off, anything. Like that. I was trying to think of one that made it real deep, and the one that comes to my mind is Vancouver when it used to be Luongo and Corey Schneider where they would kind of share, but Luongo got the lion's share. But, I mean, like Corey Schneider, Roberto Luongo, I'm trying to think of the last time it was a true 1A, 1B tandem who's won. Yeah, but Schneider didn't play. Man, I think he played one or two games in the playoffs. That's it. Hmm. He didn't play a whole lot in the playoffs. Think about last year. We almost had a split. <laughs> Close to yep. close to a dead even split between Sorokin and Varlamov. That's a good point, Tony Queso. I hadn't thought of it like that. I'll have to do some research and homework on it, but he brought up an interesting point. Noah W. says, my problem with moving Scott Mayfield is you can create a huge hole for the third pairing then, and uh, we would still need a second left defenseman to pair with Dobson. Um, I think you've got too many defensive holes. Okay, here's what you do. Yeah. Scott Mayfield is a really good bottom pair guy, but you, sometimes you got to rob Peter to pay Paul, right? So you put Dobson with Pellick. You put Pulak on your second pairing with Robin Sallow. Or if you don't think Sallow is ready, you sign a veteran left-shot defenseman to team with Pulak. Then you put Let's Sallow play. on your bottom pair with another right-handed defenseman. They played maybe 10, 12 minutes a night. You give the lion's share of the ice time to the top two pairings. That's how you do it. You have to rob Peter to pay Paul. I've never heard that one. That's a really? good one. You never heard that? No. Rob Peter to pay Paul. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Okay. What? What, Grumpy? What? I expect a lot of comments on that now. I oh, can't. No. You not knowing anything is becoming distracting to the podcast, defensive back Cooper. 
what a film saying if tanking games is playing all the young guys who we are clearly going to we're clearly going to next year i'm all for tanking i just want them to play the young guys to see who can be part of the formula going forward yep i don't think that's tanking because i don't think that tanking would be saying okay we're going to play Corey schneider in that every night uh, it was Sorokin, we're going to give you the rest of the year off right or we're going to bring up ahl players and put guys in the worst possible chance to succeed. Well, I think Barry's doing that already with Kiefer Bellows and stuff like that. But, um, but like I said, they're professionals. They want to play. They want to earn their spot. They want to think, okay, gosh, I'm out here now. I'm going to show everything that I can that I deserve to be on this team next year. That's the way most players look at it. Not in the Islanders, though, mm. because we got so many veterans on this team. doesn't matter what they do. They guarantee the starting spot. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Paul O.C. saying here, Trotz is going to have to go. Uh, he is not good with young players. With his system, he is ruining Wallstrom's confidence and career somewhat. Uh, and somewhat Barzal, Bavillier, and Dobson also. I think Dobson stepped up in a big way. Dobson said, screw it. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And, you know, he's, I, again, I'm not going to say, here's the thing. I think Trotz has helped him, uh, will help him be a better defensive defenseman too. There's no doubt about that. Trotz is good for his development and Dobson's side. No freaking doubt. Trotz is not good for the development of Matt Barzal, Oliver Wallstrom, or Anthony Bavillier, though. I disagree. I think he is, he's definitely good for their develop as overall players. That being said, he's hurt Barzell by pretty much taking or just almost totally taking away everything that makes him so good offensively because he's so concerned about what happens on the defensive side of the puck. Yes, Matt Barzell is a better all-around player, but he's not as good a player as he was prior to playing like this. He might have given up an opportunity here or there the other way, but he was so dynamic offensively that you certainly wanted more of the plus side with his offensive game as opposed to whatever deficiency there were defensively. Anthony Bavillier, I mean, I think he's the same player. I don't think he's changed hardly much at all. He was a little bit inconsistent early, but he is what he is. He skates up and down the wing, no problem with him. Dobson has definitely improved. And I just think it's because maybe he finally took the said to Dobson, I'm going to take the reins off, do what you do best. Even when Barry came back from, uh, you know, the COVID issue that he had and when his mom passed away, Dobson was fantastic. Then he, Barry comes back, and all of a sudden he kind of took a step back for a few games. And after that, he's just taken off. Good for that. I don't think he's hurt Wallstrom at all. All he's done is take a year away of cost certainty with Oliver Wallstrom by limiting his playing time right now. That's all he's done. Oliver Wallstrom is a sniper winger, sniper right wing. His job is to put the puck in the net. It's not to be skating down in the defensive corner. That's not his job. He's a goal scorer. Goal scorers score goals. You put guys around him who aren't as talented to do the dirty work. You don't want to limit what your best offensive players do best to jam them into that cookie cutter that you want. It does not help in the long run. I always think it'd be perfect to have a healthy mix, right? 
I think Derek Trotz has helped the defensive, you know, uh, the defensive advancement in, in Matt Barzal's, you know, Matt Barzal's playing style. But here's the thing, right? I, I think I've used this before. If we're putting, you know, where Matt Barzal was defensively compared to offensively to start with Trotz, right? Let's say offensively here, defensively here. I'm using... You know, for people who are listening to it, it's not going to do much. But let's assume, right, if we're just I'm going to use a scale of one to 100. Let's assume his defense before arbitrary numbers was, let's say, 15. Defending was 15 out of 100. Let's say his cap is 30, but his offense was only at a 60. But his offensive cap is a 95. We're not pushing him enough to be his more offensive minded, which technically would get you higher point wise on that. I think that if you had a happy medium where, hey, we're improving the defense, but hey, we're still focusing on the offensive side of the puck. We're still focusing on letting you do and, and helping and flourish your style of play. I, you know, I, I think it would be pay benefits for him. It pay benefits for the team too, but we don't play that style that benefits Matt Barzal, unfortunately. I've often said that Wayne Gretzky and Mike Bossy never could have played for Barry Trotz. He wouldn't tolerate it. He would have moved them off the team because they didn't play enough defense. Sorry. Players win games. Coaches can put you in the best chance to succeed, but the players have to execute. Mm. That's just the way it is, period. Coaches lose games, players win them. Uh, Time B saying Islanders' April schedule is brutal. We're going to end up with an under 500 record. I firmly believe that as well. I hope so. But what I, the Islanders in the past, I feel like have done this where they just, they find a way to punch up when they're having a bad season towards the tail end. And I feel like it's always ruined. You know, maybe that's just some, uh, an irrational fear of mine to where, hey, they've, they've done it in the past. I'm afraid they're going to do it again. The Islanders have disappointed me in the past with offseason and trade deadline moves. They're going to do it again. Well, that's a whole nother story. That's that's an offseason question. <laughs> Absolutely it is. Uh, Alexander also saying here, Brock Besser is actually a very good player. And I think he will thrive here, says Alexander. He does need a change of scenery. He's good. He's a good player. I agree. Thomas B. saying, hi, gents. Mayfield should get a first and a second. I agree, Thomas. And then Tony Caso saying, our shootout record is just proof of our lack of skill players. Oh, man. You look at the creativity we have in shootouts, just like yikes. But, uh, you know, skilled players don't always equate to being fantastic shootout guys, i.e. Yeah. Alexander Ovechkin. I mean, like, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I don't watch enough Washington shootout games to know about AO's <laughs> record in shootout, but Yikes. He, what was he, like the fifth or sixth guy to shoot? Yeah. he. I think he's like 32% on his career. And he shoots them a lot, okay? But remember, he's a he's not a deep guy. That's not his game. It's the lethal shot he has. If he's able to pick the spot, you're not gonna you're not gonna stop him. But he's not a guy like TJ TJ Oshi. He's fun to watch in shootouts. I could watch him all day. So patient. He's so patient. I remember I'll never forget the USA when they I who were they playing? Russia? I don't remember, but he had seven goals in a row or something like that in shootout. It was incredible. And he just comes in so slow. You think, I mean, he's practically on top of Varlamov yesterday, and still he got Varlamov to flop in one direction, and he hits an, an empty net. I'm like, how the hell did he even do that? He's incredible. He's really, really good at that. It was against Russia, against uh, against Brabovsky. Yeah, I was about to say, I, could, I thought it was against Russia, but I couldn't remember. 
And I remember, oh man, that's right. Oh, she back to back to back to back to back. Oh, it was fantastic. That's when they had the rule. That's where they had the rule that you know you can send the same guy out every time. That's what they did. <laughs> send the best guy out there, best shootout guy out there. Oh man, and he, we said it yesterday on the show. He does a great job of reacting to what the goalie gives him, and every shootout attempt is different. You know, you have the Franz Nielsen's where it's, hey, I'm doing my fake shot. I'm going to put this on the backhand and roof it. He's a one-trick pony. He does it every time. He does it really well. Oh, she's a guy who's just reacts to what's going on out there with so much patience, and he's just fantastic. He's one of the best shootout guys we've ever seen. He was phenomenal. I'm just, I'm like, how did, where was Varlamov? It looked like he was in the third row eating hot dogs by the time Oshie got done with them. Oh, man. It was um, incredible. It was fun to watch. Chris Smith asking, would you trade Mayfield or Pulak? I wouldn't yes. trade Pulak. Mayfield, I would. If you Now, see, I consider Pulak a piece of the core going forward. I do. I do. Yeah, Pulak is. Mm -hmm. But if someone gave me some uh, a huge offer that can improve the overall balance of the team, I'm all for that. Sometimes you have to give up to get something that you desperately need. That's all I'm saying. I'm not advocating trading Ryan Pulak, but he's not a guy that, oh, I'm never trading him. There's just a few guys, a few guys like that on this team. Sorokin, Dobson, Barzell, maybe Wallstrom, and maybe Wallstrom. I'm not looking to deal Wallstrom either. But other than that, for the right price, everybody else is available. It has to be the right price, though. Uh, JK says our defense and playing our end was a major factor in this season. In my opinion, we need one and quite possibly two left-handed defensemen in the worst way. That's my priority this off season. If I were Lou from the landline, wink, wink, that would be my priority this off season, two left-handed defensemen and, and a fantastic sniper, a fantastic top line winger. In a I'm, park sure in the in the off, I'm sure in the off season, we're going to be having the phone number up, and I'm sure that Lou from the landline will occasionally be giving us, uh, spouting his wisdom and deflect the, his question deflections, which he's very, very good at. Uh, absolutely. And Ariel C says here, why do I have a feeling we're not going to do anything at the deadline? Ariel C, I hope we're wrong. And then Alexander saying, Josh Bailey's value is increasing. And great. Ariel C, that's great. I hope, honestly, I said... <laughs> I hope he kills it over the next few games if we're seriously considering trading him. Ariel C said, why not go off the board and try for a guy like Vince Dunn, I assume? Uh, yeah, his defense needs work, but he can provide offense and he could skate. I have no problem trying to bring Vince Dunn in. He'd have to be teamed up with Pulak, though. You couldn't team him up with Dobson. It's like-like. You'd want to put him with Pulak. That's what you'd have to do. Is Barry so slavish in his devotion to Pulak and Pellick that he wouldn't do what's best for the team, which is have Dobson with Pellick and have Pulak with Vince Dunn? I don't know. But if you put Dobson with Dunn, that's not a good defense pairing. Sorry. Mm -hmm. But I want Vince Dunn, and I'd love to have him with Pulak. Then your top four are set. Then Sallow plays in your bottom, bottom pairing, and you can get another – veteran a solid defensive defenseman veteran to play with uh with robin sallow mm. you can find yourself an andy green from five or six years ago or as a dane ochara from 45 years ago somebody like that somebody who could teach them the ropes that's what you optimally want and yet limit their minutes to you know 13 14 a night let the other two pairings get the lion's share of the minutes that's that's the way you do it 
Mm -hmm. I love that. I'm really into that idea now. And then Ariel C also says, Ariel sold you on it there, Grumpy. And Ariel C says here, Bailey is more of an off season if a move at all. If I can get rid of him anytime, I'm all for it. Anytime. Time be saying, uh, what can Lou get for TJ's fire hydrant at the deadline? It's just seen a lot of wear and tear, and it's kind of it's seen better days. It's kind of a little. I mean, I don't. I've had it for years. Sounds like Zach Parise probably going to get you a third rounder. I think that this may be worth a first round pick. That's all I'm going to say. Maybe Montreal's first round pick. Nick D says here, TJ Grumpy, how are you guys doing tonight? Happy Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, three sixteen. Steve Austin Day, baby. I mean, what does it tell you about the WWE that they're still pumping up? Stone Cold Steve Austin, who's I know he's going to be at WrestleMania doing some interview, and he'll probably kick the crap out of Kevin Owens in the interview. But I mean, what does it tell you about your current day stars when the biggest pops are for your old guys who've been retired for 20 years? It's problematic. It is is. problematic. Christopher C says, this is why I hate the trade deadline in off season. Others rob us from the pieces we need. And, uh, and, uh, as if they need them to shake in my head, well, they're well, we better. Be I think sellers. they're better negotiating sometimes. Some it's better to be sellers at this time of year. I'm not, that means of course you're not doing well, but if you can get a King's ransom for a guy who's okay, they're good players, but if it helps rebuild your team and get you into the playoffs going forward, it's worth it. Mm. Um, and then Jeremy F saying here, good a Wednesday evening, fellas. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Oh, tomorrow's St. Patrick's Day. Um, right. can, oh, God. That's why they were telling me to wear green. Um, can you take a partial cap hit on Varlamov for this year, but the other team picks up the whole? No, uh, I didn't read the question. No, you're unable to do that. You, you, the cap hit you take, you take for the entirety of the contract, unfortunately. Um, Dan L says half of Varlamov's $2.5 million is a lot of cap to take on. Um, I would take on something like 1 million next year, throwing away 2.5 next year of cap space and, uh, to not have Varlamov on the team does not make sense. That's what I was about to say. That's the only reason if the team, if the team seriously wants to compete now, we're not going to withhold anything on the cap. Just not going to happen. You have so much cap space next year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't I think matter. they're planning on trying to use that cap space. For what? No one's coming here. No one's coming here. You don't get any points for having $15 million under damn salary cap at the end of the year. They don't give you a little gold star. Hey, best salary cap team. They don't do that. Uh, Matthew S. says, overpriced everyone on everything, uh, which is why I swooped in later talking about tickets and paid less for each game I attended. And for the most part, a fraction of face value. They're talking about season tickets have increased in a big way. I think Frank K was mentioning. I didn't have the exact numbers. I don't think Frank had the exact numbers, but it looks like the season tickets for next year are going to increase in a big way. Oh, I thought he was talking about like when we weren't proactive and getting rid of Thomas Vanek when he knew we wanted to leave and wait until the last second got nothing for him. That's what yeah. I thought. Sure, that all it's all applicable. It's all applicable. Brian J says here, besides the under sucking, the Giants are doing a great job, and the Mets are prime time. You see, I'm, you got I'm me. Not happy with what the Giants. the Giants have done. No, Brian, I was about to say, Brian. That's why you got to listen to TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. I've not been happy all that much with what the Giants have done. Tyrod Taylor, really, really. What's the sense? Why? Why? I would rather have Mitchell Trubisky, honestly, than Tyrod Taylor. 
I'd rather have neither. Neither of those oh, two uh, pieces yeah, are an option. I didn't say that. I'd rather have none of the whole group of them. But if you want some legitimate competition, somebody who could take over the job from Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky, Ty, Tyrod Dell is not taking anybody's job away. He's just a placeholder. He's a little bookmark. You put him right there. I was on page 423. Yeah, I put the book down six months ago. What page? Oh, 423. Here we go. Yeah, he's he's a journeyman. He's a journeyman. Uh, that's the best case scenario there, right? And there's journeymen all over. I agree with the Mets. I like what the Mets have done this whole season. I really do. I love it. I love it. Let's go, Mets. The Mets, they've got it. Robert C saying, if you have a we ha you have a left defenseman, bring in Bodie Wild, a right hander playing the left side. Uh, he's ready, Freddie. No vaccinations necessary. Robert, I tell you, from what I'd seen and what we had talked about, I remember that um, Nicole had mentioned that he wasn't playing. He was playing bottom line. He's playing. He's not even playing in the Swedish Elite League. He's playing in the league below the Swedish Elite League here at the moment. And he wasn't even consistently in the lineup every night. I think Bodie Wild, even though he looks like he has all the tools, I don't think they're putting it together. I don't watch any of the Swedish Elite League games, obviously, for time differences. But at least from what I've seen and what I've heard from people who have the chance to watch some of those and who, who keep close up with the team and let the lineups look like every day, it hasn't looked great for him. I blame the Islanders organization for him not developing, period. Really? Period. Yep. Oh. Yeah, he's playing this. He's playing for um Vascaris IK, which is the one of the Swedish Elite League. Again, 40 games played, one goal, nine assists. He's a zero on the season. So Maybe things I know at the beginning he was playing again bottom pairing defense minutes and then he was a healthy scratch a few times and now I think he's worked himself back up into the top four. They but. have no interest in developing him. That's not what they're there for. Mm. They don't care about him. So you think this is a wasted year? Okay. Absolutely, it's a wasted year. I don't even understand why they banished him to Sweden just because he didn't want to get vaccinated. So what? It was mm. dumb. Just dumb. Do you think the new stadium, new practice facility, and stable ownership will make us a legitimate free agent destination? I'm hoping those dark days of signing no one are behind us. I don't think any of that has makes any difference to unrestricted free agents. They want to look. Number one is money. They want to get paid. Number two, they want to, they want to go somewhere where they can maximize their abilities. That's it. If you're a defenseman, I could see you wanting to come here. If you're a grinder, I could see you wanting to come here. Got plenty of those. If you're a skilled guy, I'd never come here. Never. Look at Matt Barzell. I mean, players around the league know how good he is, and they look says, dude, what's wrong with you? He's like, I got to play for that piece of shit, old man, that all he does is want me to back check. That's it. Anytime I skate up the ice, he's like, hey, pull back there, buddy. You know, it's one thing. You never hear him ripping Barzell in the press anymore. Remember, we heard something earlier in the year. Little, little antagon, little, uh, little rawr, rawr, between the two of them, little button of the heads. All of a sudden, you don't hear him talking shit about Matt Barzell anymore. Mm, 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 mm. Um, Matt Mark K saying here, uh, you won't get more than a sixth rounder for Green or Chara. Not, uh, not a big deal if they go or not. But to me, Paris saying Clutterbuck have got to go because you're going to get something back decent for them. Here's the thing. The sixth round picks freaking matter. 
<laughs> I'm not saying they're end-all, be-all, but occasionally you roll yourself an opportunity for an Andrews Lee. You'll roll yourself an opportunity for a guy like Jared Spurgeon. You'll roll yourself into a pick that can really be special. It's not all the time, but that's the reason why you acquire the draft capital. Here's also something worth taking into account. These young men, are, you can really, I think, find a diamond in the rough right this year. last year exactly this year it's a deep draft and these kids have been developing and playing limited time with covid and their seasons have all been jacked around so they haven't really had a full year this is their first full year playing back junior hockey or playing hockey at a competitive level so they're kind of getting back into the swing of things this year i think he, last year i thought that was the case this year just because it's a deep draft and they've had all the issues with covid they had the stoppages they had the shortages on the season this is a year where I think you could still find yourself a diamond in the rough who is just kind of starting to put things together, but it would take a full year, and they could have had that full year last year to put himself on the map. The draft picks matter. A sixth-round pick to me this year matters. You lose. They lost a year of development, which is pivotal for young players like For that. a 16-, 17-year-old kid, it really does matter. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Let's say, all right, we got a couple extra sixth. Hey, we see somebody in the fourth round that we really think something of. Okay, let's move, you know, a fifth and two sixths to move up into the fourth round. It's about maneuvering the draft board. Or here's the thing. Acquiring as much draft capital as possible. Right. And let's say you are picking in the sixth round. You know who you're looking at? You're not looking for a well-rounded prospect. You should be looking for somebody, man, that kid can really skate. And he looks like maybe he has the potential to turn into something really good offensively. Those are the guys you roll a dice on. Or a big kid who plays defense, something like that. Okay, his his stride's a little short. We can work to extend that to make him a better skater. Those are the type of things that you look for in those later rounds. You look at one, one thing that really sticks out as being a super positive for a kid, and then you try to build up the other parts of the game. One thing you got to be able to do is skate, though. That's the one thing. Have to be a good enough skater. Brian J says, guys, we need to be honest now. Trotz is not the guy uh you've seen uh he's not the guy you've seen what he did to matt barzal no way a high-end free agent's gonna want to sign here i agree with that i've kind of come to that i've come to that thought process that maybe there are better options i think that he's a fantastic coach or correction he's a really good coach i think the style prohibits us from trying to attract offensive-minded players and it sometimes deters a little bit of our offensive production so, again, he, he does wonders for the goaltending, wonders for the defense. I just wish we found a healthy balance. Matthew S. here saying, um, are you allowed to retain no more than 50%? Yeah, the 50% is the max you can retain for each successive year after that one. Yeah, so it just works. Hey, if you retain 50%, you retain the 50% for the remainder of the contract. Um, Robert C. says here, Kate, keep Mayfield. He certainly doesn't hurt you in cap money. Yeah, that's well, that's that's the thing that makes him benefit. And that's all, that's the reason why I think he's so valuable to a team is his cap. It's so minuscule. Um, he's, uh, you know, pairing with a young left defenseman. Uh, go Bodie Wild. Mayfield needs to, needs a partner who can make him flourish. The thing is that Scott Mayfield's only going to be here for one more year. Then he's gone. Yep. Why would you not, for a team that's not making the playoffs this year, probably not making the playoffs next year, why would you not want to get some assets back, some younger assets that can be with the team going forward when we become competitive again? See, that's, to me, that's the smart move. You just can't keep everybody on the team just because you want them there. He's yep. eventually going to want to get paid. 
He has never gotten paid in his career. He's going to cash in next year. Yep. Nothing else to add on that. We've talked about it before, and I'll, you covered it well. And then Captain Lee is just starting to get back to 100%. Give the hot air a rest, a grump. Ugh, no, sorry. Sorry. Ridgeport ties it up with one minute to go in the third against first place Springfield, Koivala, and Sarnak with the assists. Where's my boy Casper? I don't see him. I want to see. Maybe Casper scored. I want to see Zarnak out there as soon as we make a trade. If we make a trade. Oof, if. Is it bad now that I'm saying if? Before, about a week ago, I was saying when we make trades. Now, I'm the if. Oh, tells you where I am morale-wise with regarding this trade deadline. If we make trades, I want to see Austin Zarnak in the NHL. Simple as that. I liked what he did in the short sample size. I think he showed value. I think he's a guy who should be in your bottom six going forward. Simple as that. Um, John, John Mac Isaac saying here, um, maybe Lee should just stay with Nelson. I think me and Lee and Nelson play well together. 100% agree with that. 100% yeah. agree. I'm looking at his picture. I wonder where he's from. God, that looks like, I want to say that looks like Richmond, Virginia almost. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Um, Rich A saying here, uh, we would make a killing on a Scott Mayfield trade. The Canadians have traded defenseman, yeah, um, uh, Ben uh, Ben Sherratt to the Florida Panthers in exchange for, yep, Tyler, yep, the first round pick and a fourth round pick. I'm telling you, you we would make a killing for Scott Mayfield if you want to trade him. Big if. Um, Matthew S saying, so there's no reason why we can't trade Bailey and retain $2.5 million on his cap at the next two years. Then again, you're in the same situation. You're saying, okay, I don't want to go ahead and have two and a half million dollars of available cap space. It's tough to set. Here's the thing. The team and general, the general manager still thinks that we're competitive and we're going to win a cup. And so does the head coach. And I think so does ownership. And if that's the case, there's no way they're ever going to subscribe to the school of thought of, Hey, we need to do that. But if but if you're trading Bailey to Arizona, they need the cap hit. We're not going to have to retain any money on him. They need they need the cap hit to hit the salary cap floor. But they could. Here's the thing, too. I don't give a shit what they do. Just get them off of my team. I don't care what they do. They could take them out back and shoot them in the head. I don't care. I just want them off my team. Stop. Shooters Puck Hockey says it's a shame that UBS will be an empty, quiet graveyard come playoff time. The owners clearly can't be happy with Lou. Get your heads out of your asses. We have had the same core since 2013. True. True. With the exception of Tavares and Ocposo, right? The same group of guys has been here for eight years. Think about that. Think about that. They've never won anything. It means the core is rotten, not good enough. Rotten to the core. Barry got them as far as they could possibly go. That's as far as they were ever going to go. I said that two years ago. I said it last year. That's as far as they were going to go was getting beaten in the semifinals. That's it. Um, Jeremy has says, uh, why do you think the Islanders struggle? Um, uh, uh, why, oh, I'm sorry. Why do you think the Islanders struggle when there are chances Change. or when there are changes to this lineup? Sorry, I read on a small one. I got to go to the big one. Pajot came in and they lost. Same with Paul Mary and Zajac. Um, same with the start of this year as well with Char and Parise. Because they have to have the chips that are punched in the back of their head by Barry reprogrammed. Yes, we know that the chip in your head says that you're a really good player. Not when you come here. You're going to be a grinder, Zach Parise. So, Dan O'Chara, 
you're going to thwart no adoptions development. You're going to actually improve his development because you're going to have to cover for your ass every night. Oh, man, oh, man. How bad was Char last night? Dude, oh, he's so bad. I, awful. I'll be honest with you. Him not playing. Do not play him against a team that's a good skating team. And, and Washington was just. Oh, my God. They just walked around him. Can you imagine what Caroline is going to? I know I, I keep on going. Last year, when we, we used to, when Matt Barzell used to undress the Dana Char, I'm like, holy shit, Char is beyond finished. And I'm like, huh, I can't believe Washington has him. Ah, how could a competitive team want a Dana Char as their defenseman? And then we signed him this offseason. I say, uh oh. We're in that same shitty boat. Um, Frank K says, no big name player is going to come here. New arena, same freaking story. Yeah, Matthew is saying here there's always a sucker at the deadline. You just have to find it by Monday. And if Toronto, Nick D says, if Toronto is dumb enough to trade Varlamov or trade for Varlamov and gives back a first round pick, thank you, Dubas. Yeah. Um, Matthew S says here 24 goals on the season for Nelson as a second line center, but he sucks apparently. Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. Oh, he's man. the most uh, underwhelming 24 goal scorer I've ever seen. Sorry, um, I, I could move it. Like I said, he's okay, he's okay, but in a big game, he's not the guy I want out there. I'm just saying, some guys are big game performers, he's not. Policy says Nelson's a good second line center, but at the age of 30, uh, we could trade him. Um, if there you can get something good or else I can live with them. Uh, why I say we could trade them is because we've got Jean-Gabriel Pajot also. True. I think you get a lot for Nelson. That's why I move him. I don't look at him as being part of the solution going forward. I'm looking four or five years from now. Zach, uh, Brock Nelson will be gone. Hmm. So if you can get a couple first-round picks for him, why not? Those are going to be building block pieces for your team going forward. If we were a team that, okay, you know, we got to the finals last year. We got a couple of injuries. We reloaded this offseason. We're ready. Then I wouldn't be moving him. But in this circumstance where our team's on the way down, now's when you move those guys to try to generate more assets going forward. So you refresh your team quicker. The longer you keep them here, the less you're going to get in return. That's all. And we're not going to win a Stanley Cup with this group. That, that's the reason why I'm willing to move just about anyone. Uh, Tommy says, TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, give us your final four selections. We do that on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show, Tommy. You're not getting I can't give you the information. You've got to enter in. you got to enter in the ESPN TJ ampersand, the Grumpy Old Man. Honestly, I can't remember who the hell I filled out. I filled it out yesterday on the game. I don't want him piggybacking off of my ideas and winning. Oh, is that what you think is going to happen, Grump? So that's what he does. You know, that's how is he that why you're wearing the Eastern New Mexico State shirt? Yeah. It's because you're wearing green for St. Patrick's Day. That's right. That's right. I didn't know that. Oh shit! Tomorrow is Thursday too, isn't it? Oh man, yes, it and St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Ooh, the daily double. Ding 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 ding. ding. I just remember things I got to get done. Um, Tommy B says here, uh, players do not tank in hockey. Uh, they get hurt when they do that. Players never tank. I don't think Correct. players tank. I think organizations could set up and put lineups out there that are designed to be less successful. Players, when it comes down to it, I never believe a player, any player, ever wants to tank. Their livelihood's at stake. How they perform on the ice depends on do I get additional contracts? What you know, what type of how it affects directly the money in their pocket. I never believe a player personally will tank. I believe a team can tank by putting out bad lineups on on the on the ice or bad lineups on the field. I believe a team can. Players never tank, though. I agree, I agree with that. 
I agree. Um, Drew L says here, uh, what did you guys think of the Yankees offseason so far? Drew L, I grumpy. I might be tomorrow. I don't know, Grumpy. I don't think we're going to be able to do tomorrow's podcast on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Oh, man. I tell you, this is a big <sighs> one, too. I know. I know. I apologize. NFL free here's, agency. Here's a plus, though. I think we may be able to do Saturday evening's Islanders podcast, though, Grump, because I remember that was up in the air. I told you it was up in the air, but I think we're still going to be able to do it. We will be we'll be keeping everybody up to date. Uh, Deidre C. said, Grumpy, you're very uh, depressing tonight. Uh, I just want to answer um, Drew's question real quick. He did a blow-by on Drew's question. Disappointed in the Yankees offseason so far. Okay. No, I said we'll talk about it tomorrow, but yeah, or okay. oh yeah, crap. I didn't even th- I, yeah, we maybe should, we should do it tomorrow, tomorrow, even if it's a quickie. It has to be late in the evening. I don't know. I'll I'll have to play it by ear. It might not be exactly what it's supposed to be. I don't know. Um Thomas B says here, gents, I think the core will be good enough to be mediocre. So we won't get the fifth overall pick. We'll get the twelfth overall pick. <laughs> I think we're probably gonna be picking nine, ten, something like that. Um, and then Drew said, TJ, you're going to want to read this. I was eating Detroit food earlier. And my friend says, what's hold on? What's Detroit food? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to need some clarification as to what Detroit food is. Probably metal coated with motor oil, something like that. And Flint, Michigan water. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I was eating my Detroit food earlier and my friend says he thinks the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Oh my freak. Yeah. Your friend must not have been watching any hockey this year. Oh goodness. Now, Oh, Drew L. Oof. You've got the bad news to deliver to him that we're not making it. And Deirdre, uh, Deirdre, I'm being depressing today. So you don't have to be. Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah, uh, because, you know, I've been worried about Deirdre lately. I do remember. I do remember. Um, and then uh, Apex Legend says here, what are the odds that Barry is fired before the NF- NHL draft? Zero. A million to one? Zero. And Ten million to one? Unless there's an allegation of him making some sort of, you know, uh, some sort of harassing. Uh, a. Um, it had to be something that's like groundbreaking to do something. It's like a million to one. Not happening, unfortunately. Not happening. Um, Brian P. BP says, TJ, you destroy every guy's name. Yon Croc is pronounced Yarn Croc. Yarn Croc. I don't know. Brian P. I can't pronounce names. I'm illiterate. Hooked on Phonics needs to give me a refund. JK here saying again, that's too pessimistic saying here. I have a feeling we're not going to do anything as well. Oh, man. Maybe this podcast has turned out to be a real depressing one because now we're coming to the realization that might, there might not be much that the Islanders do at the deadline, which makes us You sad. think this is depressing? Wait till we actually. Don't do anything. On I can promise you one thing. On Monday, after deadline, I feel like we're going to have an emergency podcast. We've done them in the past. We have to do an emergency podcast. We've done them when really, really bad things happen, like we trade away Devon Taves right after the NHL draft when we screwed things up. Like There's only in really, really dire times do we make an emergency podcast. But there may be an emergency. I'm going to say there probably is going to be an emergency podcast on that Monday. And you know what? Also, I think about it now. We were on the air doing a podcast when Lou traded for Kyle Palmieri, the F minus, and he was proactive when he wants to acquire players. I guess when he wants to get rid of them, he's not so active. That was on a Saturday, though. So I thought that was a Thursday night or a Wednesday. I thought it was during a week. Oh, maybe. Oh, I do remember. I all I remember is like it happened around the podcast. 
oh, Kyle Palmer, you're like, F, F minus, F minus Lou Lamarillo. Oh, man, oh, man. Um, Tommy B says, Lou will trade a lock of Frank K's hair for a chocolate flavored hockey puck. Ooh, that's the best type. Of, that's the best type of stuff there. Getting a little chocolate flavored item. Frank K saying, I nailed my prediction this year about this team not being able to grind it out for an 82 game season. They have to play against real teams this year and, and improved ones. It will be the same next year as long as the two geezers keep the same style of BS. And he True. also says, Noah Dobson is better than Jacob Chikrin. I True. agree with that. And he's got a higher upside. And Robin Sallow is going to be good. I'm not trading him. Uh, yeah, I, here's the thing. It would have to be in a deal where you get something extraordinary back. That's okay. the only that's the only way. And then Mario says here, grumpy old man, how many Stanley Cups has legitimacy won us? The only way to get legitimacy is by winning cups and championships. Um, I, I disagree. Know. I disagree. Because think about we were so we were the la a laughing stock in the league. We yeah. just were. And when Lamarillo came back and hired Trotz, all that changed. We're viewed differently around the league than we were previously. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, I was about to say, we went from a team that was a joke and the butt end of the joke. And he, you talk about for two decades, the, the laughing stock of the joke yeah. into overnight, no longer the case, where the Islanders are no longer that. It, it, I mean, literally took him one year. Not even. <laughs> I mean, his biggest addition was was Trotz and Trotz's system. As simple as that. Um, uh, Ty B saying, happy St. Patrick Day's lads. Let's kick the Rangers ass. And he also says, rest in peace to Jean Podfan. Do you have a specific memory of Jean? Uh, for me, I just remember him being part of the first two cup winning teams and being Denny's brother. And you could just tell how tight they were. And, you know, he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. He was a pretty good defenseman in his own right. Um, and I know he used to do, I think, Islander radio broadcast after he retired. So, but I don't, other than that, like I said, I was more about his brother, but he was always, you could tell he was his big brother. And I remember him, particularly when he was younger, he'd be there and talking with Dennis on the bench. And it would make me, and they weren't so far apart in age. But you can tell it was definitely the big brother, little brother thing. Mm. Mm -mm. I don't have many memories, unfortunately, of Jean Potvin. So if I you did, have I'd no share. memories of Dennis Potvin either. Uh, Jeremy Ford said, shootouts. The Islanders are one and six. Philly is 0 oh and four. Arizona, one and four. Winnipeg, one and four. And Pittsburgh, two and five. Um, would be better. Pittsburgh would be better with a goalie. Jets should be better. Philly's a little worse than us, Grumpy. Yes, that's right. And um, I like that. Aunt Bruce said, "Who, um, who never heard robbing Peter in paying Paul? Uh, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're not a Catholic, I guess. No, I am. That's the weird thing. Uh, robbing Peter and paying Paul. It's TJ. It's TJ, Aunt. It's TJ. Never heard of it. Yeah, I I do hear about DB Cooper, defensive back Cooper, though. Brian P says you're surprised, Grumpy. TJ knows no show music, sayings, names, or any pop culture. Love you, TJ. I don't mind. I don't. TJ's great. He just, you know, he's TJ. That's Nick, all I have to say. Nick D says Tuka Rask and Tim Thomas in 2011. Wouldn't that be the last cup winners? Tim Thomas played movie? every single game in the playoffs. Yep, that was before Tuka Rask had really stepped onto the scene too. He was yeah. getting ready, but not there. Um, and then F Barry. 
People think I'm crazy, but I don't care. Barry needs to go. I'm so tired of him limiting Matt Barzal, Kiefer Bellos, Oliver Wallstrom, Sebastian Ajo. Let the kids play with offense, Barry. True, true. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Nick D also saying here, um, what do you guys think about Bob Babcock as a coach for the Islanders? Just throwing it out there. I'd like to see Quinville behind the bench, though. Yeah, to me, it's Quinville. I want Quinville. Quinville's not afraid to incorporate younger players in the lineup and ride them. Quinville's the best coach, well, outside of the NHL. He was the best coach in the NHL as well. Everything you see from Florida this year is because of Joel Quinville and what he's done there in two years. He's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't disagree. And then uh, Drew L saying here, uh, by the way, we got a funny story. A beehive fell onto his onto his car. I've not even seen beehives recently. I've, I can't remember the last time I've seen a beehive while he's on spring break and almost hit a baby possum <laughs> fall from a palm tree. I guess they hang from palm trees. Possums do. What the hell does he live in the jungle? I was about to say, Frank saying, hi, what's up, Frank? And Drew also saying here, any draft pick matters, even though it's a long shot. Yeah, Krill Kaprizov was a fifth round pick. Yeah, take flyers on guys who have certain, have you know what? Hey, that kid can shoot the puck. That kid can score. He can skate. Yeah, he doesn't play any defense. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't make great decisions. You know what? You can teach guys stuff like that. You can't teach raw natural ability, though. Matthew, you're saying, well, uh, that's what I meant. Uh, you retain no more than half the cap. Yeah, the max you can retain. Ideally, we get the buying team to take the majority of the cap it. Uh, no, yes. Yeah. So you could say, hey, I'm only going to retain 10% of the cap it, and you're going to retain you know, the remaining portion of a Josh Bailey. So you're going to have $4.5 in your books. We're only going to take five. Just using him as an example. Again, not saying that you would do that, but using that as an example. Um, but... Grumpy. Oh, hold on. Deidre C did have one question here. She said, okay, question. If Matt Barzal walks, what team do you think he's going to, what team would, would, would go to that's for both grumpy and you. And thanks grumpy. I don't even, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. I, I can't even answer that question. That's Seattle. still Seattle. That's just I can't see him going to Seattle. Why the hell would you go to? I know he's from Seattle, but I mean, geez, they're still an expansion team and not even a good one at that. Maybe Vancouver. That's up they're in that have area. A lot of draft. They're going to have a lot. Yeah, maybe Vancouver if they have the cap space. Well, I wasn't impressed with what Francis did with the draft picks last year. But I don't I, know. Yeah, I was about to say, I, got, I, have, I can't even remember who the hell the Seattle That's too far off. We have at least. Two more years of Matt Barzell, this year coming up, and the next year after that. A lot can happen in that time. For certain it can. But Grump, we're here at the end of today's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't, from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Thank you, everybody, for tuning. Oh, and Matt Martin is finished. Frank K says, absolutely is. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the podcast and the show. Um Every day that crosses, every hour that crosses by with no deals done, I get a little worried for the Islanders making moves. Hopefully, we have a flurry of deals here upcoming in the next 24 to 48 hours. Um, probably not, though. That being said, thank you, everybody, so much for tuning into the show here today. Again, a few things to remember. If you're new to the show, make sure you subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, follow on Twitter. Make sure you also check out our show that happens every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. You can find that in the link in the description below, or you can find it as a featured channel on YouTube. That also being said, 
if you're filling out an NCAA tournament bracket, make sure you do one on ESPN and join TJ Ampersand, the Grumpy Old Man's group, so you can go ahead and compare off against me and the Grumpy Old Man to see, and all the other Islander fans out there to see how your bracket holds up. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and thank you, Grumpy Old Man. My pleasure.